Well, welcome back to Tundra Talk, everybody. Tyler Friel here, along with uh, Dr. Frank Schultz and Nick Mookie. <laughs> uh, been a busy couple weeks. Last couple weeks, some huh, boys. Yeah, not bad. Good times. A lot of hunting. A lot of hunting. Nick still has to get out and go sheep hunting. That's good, though. It's something to look forward to. I kind of wish that I still had to go sheep hunting <laughs> now that it's over and I'm back working. Yeah. That's one thing. It does, past couple of years especially, it has been over fast. Yeah, you guys were done quick this year, all over with. I, now you got to wait 360 days. The last few years, I figured out this year that I've shot three of five rams in five years on the first day. It's not bad. No. But it makes you go <laughs> home and go back to work really fast instead of having a nice two-week vacation in the mountains. Well, like, just looking at my wall here, 10th, 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 10th. There you go, exactly. <laughs> it's a good day. Yeah. But, yeah, it's, uh, so, Frank and I both went sheep hunting, kind of. Had her falling out and went our separate ways. <laughs> I, I found that going by myself is way better. <laughs> I don't have to listen to Tyler run his mouth. Or like, snore. Like go out there. Or snore, exactly. <laughs> I got great sleep the whole time I was out there. Yeah, uh, it's... Uh, all fun aside. It's fun to have somebody with you, for sure. But sometimes it doesn't work like that. Well, sometimes it's definitely advantageous to go by yourself as opposed to with someone that every year you hear the story of, well, the hunting partner ruined the trip. But that don't happen with you, with like normal hunting partners. Not usually. Like not no, people no, that you're no. hunting with on the regular. No, I mean, not very people rarely. that you know. You yeah. know. No, exactly. But you and take a new guy. That was part of the reason why <laughs> I just decided... Now's a good yeah. time to go by myself rather than like try and recruit somebody else oh, to yeah. go, go with me. No, that it's it's uh I learned the hard way, you know, taking somebody you've never hunted with before and you just have a terrible trip and it just I won't happen again. Yeah, I've heard a couple stories already this year of of long looked forward to sheep hunts. Oh yeah. Turned around it on the first day. Ended early. Instantly. Yeah. You know, so, <clears throat> yeah, but, and I think everyone ought to go sheep hunting <clears throat> solo at least once in their life. I'm sure I'll go, I'm, you mean, takes you of time, I'm sure I'll go again. Yeah. You know, by myself, now that, you know, I kind of have done it and realized that it is too, it's, there's no, you know how we bounce everything back and forth yeah. the whole time, it's like, there's never a decision that's made really by one person when there's two of you out there, you kind of you know, play off of each other and, okay, this is what I think. What do you think? And when you're by yourself, you're just like, this is what I think and this is what's about to happen. And you don't have to bounce it off anybody and make Nothing. sure like, no hey, is what I'm thinking right. Right, yeah. exactly. You're like, yeah. either it's right or it's wrong and there's going to be no be like, oh, you should have been like, no, we shouldn't have done that. You it's have like, no one to blame but yourself. Exactly. Well, you and it, point your finger right at yourself. And it seems like it's there's a certain level of like, we're getting down to business. Oh yeah. Like when you're by yourself. Yeah. It's like, there's no, there's no fucking around. <laughs> no, there, exactly. That's a lot. Really? That's well, a really well, good way to put it too. Cause that's my thought process was like, I want to kill a ram and I want to get the fuck out of here. <laughs> I want to be done with this. <laughs> well, and, and it, uh, cause I guess, well, we, there's a few things we probably got to hit. 
but and we'll try not to try not to miss them all or miss too many of them. Um, I'm all right, it's been it's been it's been four, a little over forty eight hours since I had any Copenhagen. <laughs> we'll we're, start we're giving right this here. a week. We'll start it's at been, the baseline. Yeah, so Quitter. so just so yeah. <laughs> hopefully, I just don't quit quitting. But anyway, um, yeah. So for lack of knowing where to start, how's that toothpick? Totally, the toothpick's getting pretty frayed. I got a whole box of them over here. <laughs> But, uh, well, yeah, because Frank has no knee, basically. Which was your left or right knee? Left knee. Left ACL gone in, well, months ago. But it's obviously something that didn't get fixed, and it's not. I've been really concerned about this cheap season for yeah. since February. Well, basically. February basically is when you went in the doctors and what they tell you, well, maybe you need, you're done sheep Yeah, hunting. maybe your sheep hunting career is over. Unless maybe you're you know, high. Yeah, well, <laughs> that's kind of what was my outlook too. I was like, just that one comment to me. I was like, yeah, he kissed my ass. My sheep hunger <laughs> is never over. I would crawl. I would like drag myself with my hands up the side of a mountain <laughs> if both my legs were gone. Um. So yeah, it was. Not only did I go and do it and get it done with no ACL. After being told that I, you know, wasn't going to be able to do it. You're never going to walk but, again, yeah, son. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it wasn't and it, bad at all, you know. It wasn't, I mean, my muscles hurt more than my knee did. Yeah. Basically. I just went slow. I knew yeah. what I could and couldn't do. <clears throat> so, yeah. No, it worked out really good. Yeah, and then, uh, so... Both of us were ended up going so, you know, going, trying to back it up here. We were both decided we were going solo. Steve was maybe going to be able to come with me if his guide license didn't go through, but it did. So he's, he's still up in the Brooks guiding. But, uh, I just remember all, you know, getting antsy, you know, and like, I think I talked about that, just getting, getting nervous and antsy. And then I think I did, I don't know if I, called you or texted you when i was down in toke yeah you did i was like man i just feel like i'm gonna throw up (laughs) because i got i got out of here a little later than i wanted to but no i i took off and forgot the loading ramp for my (laughs) four-wheeler so i got to north pole had to turn around and come back home um your tech you texted me something about i'm gonna vomit and I was like, oh, to my girlfriend, I was like, oh, check this out. Tyler's twitching. He's going to puke. He's going cheap, but he's going to vomit. And she's like, yeah, you think that's pretty funny? You've been pacing for two days back and forth, and back and forth, and back and forth. And you I was forgot like, the, oh, huh. <laughs> you forgot your loading ramp. My buddy in Anchorage was driving to where he was sheep and he got an hour and a half away from home and realized he was wearing his Crocs and forgot his boots. Oh, <laughs> man. Get his boots. He got a late start, too. Oh, man. Yeah. yeah, I was. I wore my Crocs down there, but I didn't Didn't forget my boots. Thankfully, that... And that's, like, my one of my biggest fears. Like, I... Something big. I'll still have dreams occasionally of, like, playing high school... Showing up to play a high school football game and, like, not have any of my pads or, or or something like that you know the dude that dropped me off told me that the number one 
the two things that are forgotten for sheep hunts more than anything else is your license and ammo. <laughs> wow. Right? Like the two biggest things. I always think if I have license and something to shoot something with, I'll at least be able to hunt. Right? <laughs> exactly. You have those two things like yeah, you find. It's like so the I, first two things that should yeah. be on the list. <laughs> the most important. Yeah. And I don't know. Like maybe I would do better to like have a fully, some guys go like fully broken down list. I don't write out my list. I try to like think through, all right. What am I going to need to do throughout the day? And I'll do this just over and over and over again, you know, with my clothes and... My lists have lists. Yeah. Oh, man. Like, I got a list, and then everything gets crossed off, and then, like, sub-list comes off the side of that list, and it go. I will make... I'm a list person. I'll make one I write stuff down. Day like before, I'll quick write something down. Before yeah, I'm not I start a, with a list. I'm a day before packer kind of guy. Yeah. I, just, so uh, I am too, but I have a list. Right. And it's like gets added to and stuff gets crossed off and added to and yeah. crossed off. I cannot put my stuff into until literally I'm going to throw it in my truck, drive to wherever I'm going and either walk, four-wheeler, plane, right. Whatever, nothing goes in a bag on I any trips yeah. that I ever do. Some people pack and repack and do all that. I see. I that's do. I'm a yeah. repacker. Yep, not not me. That's a waste. Generally, of time. like right. well, I don't either. And see, this this year I started One packing. Time. I started packing about a week ahead of time and getting stuff, and then a few days. Yeah, I think it was a couple days before I left because I was just super busy packed everything then i think i only had one dump out where I, I got rid of a couple things and but long story short there weren't any major like things that i forgot which is always like a huge fear of mine get sure. up there and then not have something critical which all you know always makes you think oh well did i really need all yeah. all this other stuff but you don't yeah. need it till you do some of that stuff right well, yeah for sure but uh Anyway, so yeah, text Frank. I'm like, dude, I feel like I'm gonna throw up. I, you know, of course, got the TMA tag, pull in there, and I ended up not being able to fly it and and look for sheep this summer, which I knew you wanted to do. Yeah, bad, and that just didn't work out. So, uh, excuse me, a little sniffly here. We uh, got down to Toke, and I was fully planning pull in there. It's about noon. Go grab. And just stuff myself. I went in the store. Went in the store. A, I forgot a pocket knife. <laughs> I got like fifteen pocket knives. I had to go buy a new pocket knife. Like, you take was, a pocket knife with you when you? I do. I like because I have my. Havlon or something. Or yeah, I have a Havlon just for base for uh, caping basically or cutting around the horns and then. But I like that. I have that bench made. Have you seen those? I have. Yeah. Um. I real I used that goat hunt in the spring and then used it to cape or like skin and and sure and cut up the sheep. But I like having a pocket knife like on my because I keep that stuff in my kill kit for whatever reason. I'm just paranoid of losing stuff. That's all. I but I like having every um, time only couple of blades and that's all. Six. Same here. Yeah. But I like I having a bunch of them actually. Well, my thing with pocket knives is, is that I'll, I'll lose them as soon as I put them in my pocket. So like I well, went through a hundred in my life already. See, like, <laughs> like I, I mean, lose I'm, them, I'm, I'm just like, eh, I'm no, used to having to carry more stuff. You, yeah. I'm used to having a pocket knife and I don't want to, 
like have to touch up my oh it's understandable so mm-hmm. i mean i just got this it's like a kershaw but cheap one it was like one of the cheapest ones in the store there but it's got at three bears there in total yeah, three something? bears there yeah. but it's got a little you know flathead yeah dealy for which it, comes which in handy is for, your spotting for scope. my spotting scope mounts. yeah that thing always comes loose uh and amount on mine anyhow i gotta tighten that up a lot that you get some Loctite was my in there. only downfall to the what? What's the name of the spotting scope you turned me on to to save some weight? A spotting scope or the or the, the, the tripod that, uh, that slick uh, mini slick, too? Yeah. yeah, which awesome, no complaints. But it kept loosening up the the plate that you screw onto the yeah. spotting scope, right? That goes into the actual tripod. Sure, kept loosening up, and I was like. How to, for rocks? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to try and tighten it up. I I put a dime in like yeah. in my in my yeah. one of my pockets in my pack, and that's what I use for that. But or a, a nickel with or the whatever. head that comes on it. I see why you switch too. Is you got to like I, high and whether you want it to like a uh-huh. little bit high and right, <laughs> and then you cinch it down and it like pulls it into right. where you want it. And I got really good at using. I used it with the stupid ball head it comes with for probably two or three years, and I got yeah. really good. You know, it's like yep. when you tighten it, draws it a certain <laughs> distance and a certain amount. Yeah, but then I put that outdoorsman head on it, and now I mean, it's it's really fluid and, and it's got like a pan, yes, panning head on it. It's, yeah, it's, it's much nice. better than the ball head. Do you like like the the outdoorsman like pan head or the squeeze head? I've used both, but I have the pan head, yeah. the mini pan head, and it it seems to work really well. But yeah. the, I like the pistol grip one you're talking about. Yeah. I I had friends that had that and I've used it too, and it, that's pretty nice. But it worked. It's, what it's, I had yeah. worked. Oh yeah, it wasn't a big deal. I just took a little bit of like change it out to you know get used to what, what the only it was. the only thing that I've ever had an issue with with that slick tripod is the sometimes it's windy and and that tripod doesn't do too well in the wind with a bigger scope. But um, you can well, tie up. Tie a 550 cord, do it with a rock if it's yeah. really important. Otherwise, yeah. you just deal with it. Mm-hmm. But <clears throat> lower I mean, it, lay down. That's lay kind of the thing low. and just lay down. Yes. That's kind yeah. of the, the trade-off, it seems like, with spot and scope tripods. Right. It's like either you can have stable or light. And The make, one that I've and, taken in the past has a hook out of the center to put on the rock bottom on it. to like hang. Yes. You can hang your backpack off yep. of it, basically. I yeah. thought about doing that once this trip, but I was nah. <laughs> No, yeah. but uh, I just moved every time that it was windy, which was almost every time. I'd just be like, oh, "I'm gonna just move over here and it's never been bad enough." And lower it. It's and I like it. It's yeah. not only is it smaller and lighter than what I had. The fact that it goes in with everything else, where it's not like small. something sticking out. Yeah, it packs down pretty it's small. huge. Yeah, there. You know, Slick makes other tripods that you know people run the that six twenty four and a few other ones and. You know, I looked at them, but they're they're big and bulky. Why? I don't need that. No, I just exactly. need something small that's going to work, and it's plenty stable. I managed to cut my pack weight. So last year, without a rifle, without my binoculars or anything at all, I was just my pack with food and like necessities, which was only half the tent because Tyler. You normally carry half the tent. And I yeah. carry half of it. I was at like sixty-one pounds or sixty-two pounds or something like that. I throw your rifle on there, this, and well, then and, right? At well, normally we I was take one rifle, rifle and he'll take one. it, and yeah. I'll take the tripod, and you know things get split up. But this year, I managed to, and I weighed with rifle, 
everything. So I even put on my binoculars and my on my chest pack and sure. everything but water. I came in at sixty pounds, which is really good with a rifle. So I was like before the rifle and, and how many binoculars days of food? and everything. That was with fifteen days. <laughs> yeah. So when you look at people talking on forums with pack weight and everything like that, it's so subjective because of how many days you're planning for. Food, so you plan yeah. 14, yeah. 14 days of food yeah. weighs a lot. And, oh, yeah. and if you're, you know, when people say, Oh, my pack's 60, 70 pounds. A lot of people are like, Oh, it's way too heavy. Well, maybe they're doing a 14 day hunt and which you plan for, Yeah, you know, but if you're doing a five day hunt, 60 pounds, is that's too much. You're right. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Well, I planned on being in there for two, yeah. you know, a little over two weeks yeah. if need be. And I ended up like really low. I changed a bunch of little, little tiny things out. That's this not bad year. at all for fourteen days, sixty pounds, because you're going to lose a pound and a half minimum. But that's a day. with the rifle and everything right. too, you know. So yep. I was like, more I changed you- my rain gear out was a big one. I think that saved me. What'd you wear this year for rain gear? Um, I just got some mountain hardware stuff oh, nice. that was. You know, it's just like Gore-Tex stuff that I'm always like, nah, 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 I don't, I'm not into it. But I was like, you know, you said to me, you're like, if it's pouring rain, you are you really going to like get out of your tent and go stand out in the pouring <laughs> rain and look for what? It's going to be cloudy. It's going to yeah. be shitty out. The only time where you're really, in my experience, uh, you need really good rain gear where you're forced to be out is if you're hiking from point A to point B and you get... You know, yeah, you start yeah. getting rain down because you still want to get to where you're going. And in the br- alders well, and stuff, yeah, like, stuff that. like that, and yeah. brushing all over you. So, and I did but. end up having to use that stuff, and it was really good. I ended up on day one. I was like, the day before the season, I went went to where I, you know, wanted to hunt and found rams. And when I went back on the opening day, I was like, perfect. Everybody's still there. Legal <laughs> ram. Gonna go down and get them and. Everything changed really quickly, and I ended up having to sit for four hours, post it up, and it's, first it started spitting rain, and I was like, God oh, damn it, if they <laughs> just would have played the game properly like they should have, this would all be done right now, but it started to rain, and then it turned, it started snowing, and I was like, oh, throw the stuff on, and I ended up sitting for four hours with the stuff on that I've never really had Gore-Tex rain gear before. Just fine? Perfectly fine, yeah. Yeah, probably wouldn't be ideal for you know day in day out getting soaked, but it right. fits the bill for a you know if you're backpacking. Yeah, yeah, and I've <clears throat> I've been pretty I don't know somewhat adamantly opposed to a lot of the breathable stuff, and I think I don't know I I did take some this year. Gonna, I just kind of waited back and forth, and and uh, I think the thing you got to be careful for is watching for it to wear out. Yeah. Because, you know, it's like your boots, like they're great at first and then yep. they'll gradually wear out. And um, I'd have a hard time telling some people like to spend the amount of money that. It's not cheap. It's you know, really it's not. not cheap. I got a set to try out this year and I was happy with it. Right. But I also really like the Grundon stuff. Well, using the Grundons gives you uh, one, you're not going to get wet other than from sweat on the inside. Yeah. Two, if you bring that stuff in your tent. Your tent's not going to get full of condensation with the, with that breathable rain gear. You know, you're soaked all day. You bring that into your tent at night, and all that condensation that builds up overnight, along with your breathing, I just I found mm-hmm. tents just get really wet. Yeah, and I uh, I've used Grundens underneath my air mattress at night 
to to like in case it's real rocky i'm like oh i don't want this thing to get a hole in it yeah lay the grundins out under there (laughs) and also turn it inside out and i throw my bags of meat inside of an inside out rain jacket with a rubber side out keep your and you're not getting blood soaking through into your back and like all over in your backpack (laughs) and everything and they're cheap enough where you can you can do that. Well, yeah, I mean, right. like, <laughs> well, like that Grundon's Neptune or Helly Hansen Impertech. I mean, yeah. you can just beat the sh- beat the tar out of them. No, and, they're good. That's really good. Stuff. You can afford to replace them every couple of years. You yeah. know, you know, you know when you're going to be in a lot of rain. That bre- that breathable rain gear is not ideal. Right. And back to what you said. Are you really going to go? You know, if you're actually in sheep country and you're glassing and looking it's around like for rams, coming, are you going to go stand out in that? Are you going to hang out in your tent? Common sense you're just wasting stay time. dry because yeah. your pack's getting wet. All your stuff's getting wet at yeah. that point. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so I, I took it's that Sitka storm front, Sitka. I think. Sitka. I know. Tyler, turning uh, over a new leaf. Uh, oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> but the, uh, I finally, I was like, uh, they make oh, good stuff. I want to try it. Yeah. You know, I was like, I, that's probably, I mean, really, that's the most expensive rain gear I think on the market for. Re, like, it's, re, it's really stupid how expensive yeah, it is. It's you know, cheap. for for the amount, if you use it hard for probably the amount of use you're going to get out of it, I, I have a hard time. But it does have its advantages. What, um, almost a thousand bucks for a set, top and probably, bottom. Probably, yeah. Yeah, and then you—that's what's mean, the it, stuff that you got that I looked into getting. The first light stuff's not cheap either, but it, it works well. And I think it was over a thousand dollars for yeah. everything, just for the top and bottom, huh? Yeah. Well, what I really liked about that stuff though is their bibs. Yeah, the bot, the rain, the pants yeah. are bibs, which is huge for me. Like. And inevitably I'll lean over or a backpack like rides up and you get this and I <laughs> yeah, hate right. that. Yeah. You know, you're just like getting water's just pouring down your ass crack yep. or, and yep. you get cold air like blowing across the base of your back and yeah. bib rain gear in my mind is really the only way to go. See, and that's where like with those, at least that sitcom, the ones I had, the pants had suspenders. To keep them up and keep yeah. keep your jacket over, and yeah. and I did like that the jacket has like the bottom of it has kind of a not abrasive but or sticky, it's but sticky, yeah, to keep so it down, to keep it holds from it in place. really riding up too bad. And I, I mean, I had to hike the first two whole days in the pouring rain, right? And I just stripped down on my skivvies, and you that's know, another thing to talk open about. The, a lot of people wear rain gear over the clothes they're already wearing, and then you're going to oh, sweat yeah, you so can't. much. Yeah. Take the time to strip down, put that clothes in your pack, and wear long underwear and a you know a long maybe a merino yeah. or a synthetic. I mean, literally, whatever. I was just just yeah. wearing my underwear under the pants and like a, a thin synthetic t-shirt. I, that's fine too, but I get that. You get that clammy feeling yeah. underneath, and I don't care for that a whole lot. But a, well, nut soup, <laughs> that nut too, soup. Yeah, you yeah. Chafe bad. But I, you did the right thing. It's better than wearing all your clothes with your rain gear on top. You're going to sweat like a, you know. Yeah. I mean, and, and I don't know when it's cold out, like you could just got to be okay with the fact that you're going to not be very comfortable a lot right. of times. It's, are you going to be, are you going to be reasonably comfortable when you're moving, which is going to be most of the time yeah. or when you're sitting st- like, yep. there's no in between you sit still for very long. You're going to get cold. Right. I approach the whole situation like. I'm about to start out 
and I'm going to be super comfortable, and it's just going to be progressively. <laughs> I'm going to be more uncomfortable yeah. down the line as far as this go, the whole thing goes, right. you know. And I like um, I like to start out cold almost before I start a hike. Well, you definitely, yeah, a you lot of definitely start out yeah. cold. But I just, I mean, like the in the whole scheme of the whole hunt. Oh, sure, sure. I'm, it's just going to get it's going to get worse and worse yeah. and worse. I'm going to end up, you know. <laughs> there's. I canceled out a lot of clothes that I know, like extra this and extra that. And I'm always all like, weight. I always bring this stuff and I never use it. Yeah, it's all and I'm weight. like, it's always like, oh, there's going to be this emergency or that emergency. And I'm like, well, if it's really that bad of an emergency, I'm going to stop. I'm going to lose ground in a lot of places and be able to maybe get a fire going or just like regroup the whole situation if it's that bad. And I was like, I'm ending up carrying around a lot of this stuff for no reason at all. And if, if you played out every possible scenario that may or may not happen on your hunt, you're going to have way too much stuff. And, oh, yeah. And you're going to find that you're not going to use a lot yeah. of it. But if you like carrying it, and you, you know, I don't have a need for I don't. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like carrying it. Exactly. So, yeah, I don't know. I definitely refined my... You were you My were whole deal. like diligent about it too, like texting all the time, like, "Hey, what do you think about this? What do you think about that?" Like, yeah, and you can get your stuff pretty low. You really you can. Yeah, uh, it costs money. No, that's exactly what it was. Like, it does. Is it costs it cost money. money. That's the first thing you said to me. You're like, "You can get your pack super light, just expensive." And I was like, "Well, <laughs> honestly, at this point in time, and back, I really don't care. Back I just the, want it to be light." Back to the cost of that rain gear, you know, and far as like use you get out of it, a lot of that lightweight gear, if you don't take care of it, you're going to have to replace it. So, you know, yeah. if you're playing that game, yeah. also know that the lighter it gets, probably the less durable it is too. So, yeah. yeah. Although that stuff, it's for, is for from what I've seen from, from breathable, quote unquote, breathable rain gear. Right. That stuff's pretty heavy duty. It's yeah. not much lighter than my Grundens. They they know what they're doing. I you know, but it, it is stuff. it is significantly more comfortable. Right. You know, like I, I you know, hiked for two days and you when I've wear worn Grundon top or right or bottom, whatever, and you throw a backpack over that, your back gets so sweaty. Yeah, <laughs> it's just uh but I know when to wear it and when not to, and so do you guys. Like yeah. there's a time and place for all that stuff. Yeah. And it was but yeah, I was getting in there, I was like, Oh, first so I went in on the seventh. I'm like, it's gonna be nasty first two days and I was I was antsy about how how high this creek I was going up was gonna be. So my plan was to get my four wheeler ways up and then just hike from there. Right. And uh, I was pretty stoked. I started get, getting down there and seeing a couple of the creeks on the way down. I'm like, oh, it's going to be good. It's going to be <laughs> fine. And uh, and it was. But then I'm like, all right, yeah, they're not going to be flying. Nobody's going to be flying for a couple days. Just And I think it was maybe the evening of the 8th before anybody could fly. Weather-wise. Weather-wise. Yeah. You know, after I think I'd, I started hearing, seeing, I think 40 Mile flew right over me like 50 feet over me when that night okay after i kind of got to where i wanted to start hunting but uh i i even got rejected <clears throat> i was supposed to go in on the seventh too to where yeah. i wanted to go and nope no dice not happening we're not flying anywhere it's like God damn it yeah <laughs> yeah well and that's one thing with the that makes the solo hunting like even more taller is having those in reaches 
and be able to yeah, we're yeah, bouncing nice. back and forth everywhere Every, everyone yeah no that is fun for did sure. you use more than your 10 messages Oh. <laughs> I was afraid I, to text you before back. I, before <laughs> I left, I went up to 40. And by the time I got back, I had used 150. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I, was, I really was. I was like, I don't know if I should text him back. Oh, should, that's what I, t- I mean, I told you to. And I told you to. And I yeah. told every. I was like, just doesn't even matter. I'm that's like, why. Hey, I, he's on the budget plan. 10, 10 messages. I'm like, I don't even know. I, well, I changed it to 40. Oh, 40. Before I left. Yeah, big yeah. spender. Big spender. <laughs> well, I figured, I was like, well, if I have to eat it for a sheep hunt and a, you know, a couple other hunts during the year and pay a little bit extra for 40, at least I'm not paying for... Unlimited for the other, yeah. you know, your, your nine, rationale nine was, months was spot of the on. Year. You're right. I mean, I'm paying fifty bucks a month or whatever it is, but I'm yeah. using it. You know, I'll turn it off here maybe in December. So I you guess. turn yours off. Yeah, yeah. I just yeah. cancel my plan or put I just it on went for year round because I go out on a snow machine and we go well, to a lot of places all winter that are they you know, they charge you a fee to. To, turn to reactivate it off and then react it or whatever yeah. it may be. So mm-hmm. um, I figure there's probably four months out of the year where I don't need it. But right. um, fifty bucks a month. I mean, you, I already cut my cell phone bill down from one hundred and twenty to thirty five bucks a month, so I can I can handle fifty bucks a month yeah. for, right. for the in reach. Yeah. But that thing, <laughs> that thing's a pretty sweet little piece of equipment. Oh yeah, it's nice. It's oh, very nice to they're have. They're fun, it, yep. and it's nice to be, especially when you're by yourself, to be like. What are you doing? It's convenient living to? here in Fairbanks without, even if you didn't hunt. Yeah. Because when you leave town in certain directions, you lose service. Instantly. And I, it's nice to be like, hey, no matter what, I can at least, if something happens, I have I yeah. have it. Yeah. So, I mean, all what, any direction we go from town here, you're pretty much losing service. Fast. Yeah. <laughs> 28 miles my way. Yeah. North. It's gone yep. right after you go past Wickersham Dome. Yep. Yeah. It's over. My phone starts going crazy every time I come over Wickersham. Over, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, like meep, what? Meep, yeah. Meep. <laughs> or, uh, you know, yeah. Then you know you're close, I guess. Yeah. You're like, oh, back. But yeah, so you <laughs> find you finally got in on the 8th, right? It was, did, it yeah, was the we night of the 8th. So we couldn't leave on the 7th, and then the plan was we left in the morning on the 8th, and we flew... And I got dropped off on a on an airstrip because I had too much weight. Basically, he said, bring whatever. There's an airstrip close to where you want to go that I can drop you off. And um, I'll drop you. So he dropped me in uh, my inReach and a rifle. And a case of beer. No, just, <laughs> just the inReach and the rifle. And then he took all my shit. And took it to where I was going to go hunt. Smart feller. Dropped all my stuff off. Came back to get me. And picked me up. And we flew back to the airstrip. And we touched down three times. And couldn't land. Every time the wheels hit, it was like ripping the plane off the side. It's like on this ridge. Yep, shitty, sure, sure. like Well, you knew it was going to be difficult. Spot. I knew it was going to be difficult. But I didn't realize that. We'd be able to dump all my stuff off, and then all of a sudden it would be like, sorry, I can't even get you out of my plane. We can't even... We literally touched down three times, like, bounce, bounce, nope, throttle back up again, another circle, come back around, come back in again, try it again, and three times, and he was like, 
I only fueled up enough to, you know, I wanted to go light on fuels because I knew that you're going to have some stuff. And because I brought water because I was going way up high and I didn't want to have to, like, all of a sudden, as soon as I got there, sure. lose 2,000 feet and yeah. get water and come back up. Kind so of he was like the purpose of what you're trying I to got, do. Yeah, exactly. He's like, I got plenty of, I can take a lot of weight in the plane. So I brought 10 gallons of water with me. Um, at any rate, my water and all my shit was sitting there. But I couldn't get out of the plane. So he's like, um, um, we're out of fuel. We got to go back. We got to leave. So we blew out and came back to town. And I mean, I ended up back in town at like before lunch. On the 8th? Yeah. So this all, ha- okay. Yeah. So the 7th, I couldn't go because it was too windy. And then the 8th, my all my gear. And what I'd done was took my wallet. <gasps> With my driver's license, <laughs> all my money and everything, and I had it in one of my bags. I didn't. I wasn't thinking. So here's my wallet and all my shit. It's like sitting on a freaking airstrip in the middle of nowhere. nowhere. <laughs> and I'm back in town. Like, oh yeah, here. Okay, well, we're on just a weather hold now. Like, if the wind comes down, I'll take you back up there. I was like, uh. Do you have any money? <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's like, what do you mean? I was like, well, my wallet's sitting in my bag up there. And he's like, ooh. <laughs> so I, at any rate, I ended up back in town at like 11, 10, 30, 11 o'clock in the morning. And at lunch, went over to my girlfriend's house, had dinner. And he called me while we were having dinner and was like, now, nah, wind just died. I actually got a really cool website that he hooked me up with, linked me up to. That's got got all these different weather stations yeah. everywhere that you can get wind on. So I end up the, up there at I don't know nine forty five ten o'clock yeah. p.m. on the eighth, and boy, I was fast to set my tent up right there, spotting scope, binoculars, and burn up into the saddle, and I found nine rams. Immediately, first nine sheep that I found were all rams, two legal rams. And I was like, sweet. Check, please. Yep, exactly. Right on the 8th. So I was really stoked. I went back down. I was like, all right, that's cool. They're in a good spot. Everything should be cool. And I had another little back pocket spot that I wanted to kind of check out. And I didn't even have to go anywhere to, you know, look at that spot yet. So... um. The next morning I woke up and I went back up and I relocated those those nine rams. Opening day? Nope. This is on the ninth. Okay. I went back up and relocated those rams and a whole bunch of ewes and lambs came rolling across through another saddle and kind of like pinned me for, I don't know, two or three hours. I was kind of, I didn't want them to... They were kind of coming at me, and I didn't want them to spook because they they weren't close, but they were kind of like on my way to go to the other spot that I wanted to check, and I didn't want to kind of spook anything. So I sat down, and I was just like, well, I can just watch all these sheep for a while, and eventually they went down out of sight, and I left, and I, I don't know, maybe it's probably four miles from where I was in that saddle to go across a couple of saddles and up across the ridge to check the other spot that I wanted. And I went over there, and there was two more legal rams. And there was a really nice ram. I had already put that group of nine. I was like, nope, screw them. I was like, that double broomer is the one that I'm killing right there. <laughs> and they were hanging out. 
there was 20 at that point in time there's 20 sheep together ewes lambs and rams there was five rams i think in that group and two of those rams were legal so i sat there and watched them for they didn't seem to be going too too far so i watched them for i don't know a few hours i ended up and then i ended up being like okay either or spot in the morning so I left, went back, and I ended up back at my tent at about 6 o'clock, had dinner, and then I went back up to try and find that those nine rams back up into the saddle above my tent, and I relocated those nine rams at 9.30, 10 o'clock at night, and I was like, they were in an awesome spot where I thought I could go back down, hang out for a little bit, come back up here. And I can just burn straight down over and up, and at midnight I can shoot shoot one of those legal rams. But I liked that double broomer over in that other spot that I had found, and I was like, uh... I sat there for a long time and contemplated, like, do I just go over there and get this done midnight and be over it, or do I go shoot the ram that I want to shoot? And in the end, the call was, go down, go to bed, you're tired, don't sit up all night and go over there and stalk them at 11 o'clock and shoot one so i'm back down and passed out and got up in the morning well when i went back up in the morning to relocate those nine they were gone they were like miles away over on another ridge well, how'd they go so far on purpose or, or something well yeah as i get further on in the story there's a reason why they were so far away but i was like well i'm not going over there so i was like backpack spot i'm gonna go shoot that double broomer so i burned out across the saddles and over the ridge and i got over there and pulled the spotting scope out all the sheep were in the same place so i thought pulled the spotting scope out and started looking and only one legal ram the double broomer was gone and i was like well those rams on the in the other spot have like blown out so far that there's no way that I'm going over there to to try and get them, and the one that I want to shoot, I was I kept thinking to myself, he's got to be here, he's got to be right there. I just don't mm-hmm. see him, kind of thing, you know. Like so many times it it's, happens. Exactly, there's like behind a rock or over here, <laughs> over a little edge or something like that, and I kept thinking like he's there. Don't worry about it. So I was like, I'm gonna start this out. The wind's good. Everything's perfect. I'm going to start working my way down the backside of this ridge and I'll get down there and I'll be able to just like eek over and shoot him. He'll come out of the group somewhere from behind a rock or something. So I go down a little ways and I'm like, all right, I'll check on him again. And I kind of pop over and they're like already moving. They're in a line. 20, it was 23 sheep and they're all in a line and they're just like plugging, not going slow, like milling, eating. They're all in a line and they're just like, cruising and they go over one ridge down through a creek and up another ridge up into a, these rocks and i was like what the hell just <laughs> happened i was like so i was like there goes perfect. everything they're gone i was like there's no way they couldn't have seen me they couldn't have smelled me nothing i'm like they just totally blew right out of where they were i was like this was all working out perfectly so i got pissed I was like, no, it's not. This is how it was supposed to work, and it's not working like it was supposed to. So I sat down, 
pulled out spotting scope and I was like, whatever, just watch them. Even if it's tomorrow or the next day, how far can they possibly go? You can work this other ridge or you can, you know, I started playing out different options yeah, in my head. Th- yeah. Thinking about the 14 days of food you had. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so I pulled out the spotting scope and I started watching. They just went up and they all bedded down. So a couple hours went by and a couple of ewes and lambs got up and they started to feed around. And then they started to move down. And I was like, well, maybe all of them will move back down. Maybe that's just where they went to bed. It was just a long It was a long. They just ways. run to their bed? Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Something blew them out of where they yeah, were. that's funny. For sure. So I decided that if all the ewes and lambs and stuff got up and started moving back towards me i'd just stay and they eventually all of them ended up getting up except for five rams they stayed and the but lambs all, and all came these right lambs started coming back down and started working their way back towards me and i was like well if they're coming back this way the rams are going to come back this way so everything started to like get positive again i was like all right okay cool yeah i got plenty of time don't stress about this so, all the ewes and lambs came all the way back to within a mile of me. And I thought, okay, cool. We're good. Everything's fine. So, then my plan was, as soon as the rams get up, start moving. So, they get up, piss, back down again. Up, piss, and I'm like, okay, they're going to get up. It's going to happen. It's like one of them would get up and piss and then lay back down again. Then the other so one would. That, and I was kind of like... Yeah, not to cut you off, but do you think... All those lambs and using rams when they went over there, that was the closest like escape cover where they could get to mm-hmm. from there? Or th- was it a little bit further I mean, than what you thought? It was good escape cover, but I don't think that that's why they went there. I think that something spooked them. Okay. I don't know if there was maybe a wolf or a bear or something down yeah. there in the bottom that spooked them out of there. Um, I know for a fact that it wasn't me. There was no way that they could have ever seen me or smelled me. Um Probably but just something blew knowing them out knowing there. the area. It's it's probably just good escape cover that's reasonably close, but but they can still put some distance between, between them. themselves and that spot. Yeah. So the Rams eventually got up, started to feed around, and they were feeding back and forth on this ridge. And I thought to myself, as soon as they start to feed down, they're going to commit. They're committed to coming where the where all those used Other lambs went. and stuff went. So I was like, the minute that they start going that direction, I'm gone. I'm going to start burning down the backside of this ridge, and I'm going to close ground on them. So they did. They started coming down, and I was like, okay. And Here we it go. went. And I was like, it's this point in time. I'm not going to see them until I'm like 300 yards away. That's it. So I started going, and I... Burned down the ridge, and I got all the way down. It takes a while. Like, you'd think that you can just be like, beep, I'm there. But it just takes forever. You're going down. Well, it's down, almost a it's mile down rough. there. Yeah. So. Rough, too. I ended up. It is, though. Yeah, whole, it's pretty like, rough. Tundra, Two-thirds of it is rocks and shit. Oh, yeah. Go and that through, takes like, time. Weaving through rock, you know. Yeah. So, I, ended up, I got down there, and. I started looking and I was like, "Well, I've gone so far." I was like, "They can't be already down in this in this bottom. They got to be up on the side." So I stopped and popped popped over and started looking for them, and nothing. There were nobody, nor nowhere to be found. 
So I started second guessing myself. You know, I was like, oh, what if they went up here? What if they went there on the other side of this ridge or whatever? And I was like, I sat there for like 15 minutes and I was kind of like, oh, there's so many things that I could do right now. And then I thought to myself, just commit. You already decided what you're doing. Yeah, just keep going. Yeah. Go with the original plan. Commit to the exactly what you were going to do. Just they went down. They went to where you think they went. Don't second guess yourself. And I was like, okay, told myself go, and I did. So I went down there, and I got down to right before where I'm going to be able to see where all the sheep are. And I was like, okay, spotting scope and rifle only, and my in reach in my pocket. <laughs> so I threw my backpack down, and I thought immediately, I was like, <laughs> Oh, I've thrown my backpack down before with Tyler, and we looked for hours <laughs> in the dark for these fucking things. So I got the in-reach, put a waypoint down. I was like, here's backpack, done. I was like, there's no need to like rush anything. Everything's cool. Marked it, went down, and they were all right there, all the sheep. Right where you that, Still that double-broomed ram, I couldn't find him, but there was another legal ram, and I snuck down within... 300 yards and found a big rock to post up on and i looked and looked and looked and i had looked earlier across but it was like a mile and a half away where i was looking at him and i was like that's a legal ram he's beyond full curl on his on his um right side and not much but he's beyond full curl on his right side and i couldn't tell age then but i was like he's he's a legal ram so when I got down there, it was a matter of there's 23 sheep at that point in time, and there was five rams. That other that double rumor, like I said, was gone. But I started looking them over, and I was like, that one's heavy. That's got to be the one. So I started looking at them, and I started counting rings, and I I had them at nine yeah. at 300 yards. And now that can be a tough one by yourself, transitioning from your spotting scope oh, to your rifle cool. scope. Keeping Crazy. track of well, I like they that. They laid down. Well, oh, that and that I had helps. a real good like. This is he hasn't moved yet. Nothing's happening, and that's kind of like he had been up and was moving around. Well, remember, when I like first the tenth one, at him. yeah. That I was like spot and scope. All right, there he is. I'm gonna shoot him. No, <laughs> lost it. You know, and moving yeah. around. But so I watched him for a while while he's walking around. And then I watched him lay down. And when he laid down, I was like, okay, now's the time to shine. It's over. I was like, you've made up. I kept telling myself, I was like, you made up your mind. He's legal two different ways. Spotting scope is gone. It's not a, not any, any part of the equation <laughs> yeah. anymore. I just like laid it down. I was like, it's over. So I laid on this rock and it was it's steep. And the rock is long and there was a bunch of brush sticking up. So I laid down and I didn't bring the bipod. So I took my binocular thing off my chest and laid it down, and I rested on that. And I'm kind of on my knees, looking down the, down through the scope, and I'm like, "Oh, perfect shot, no problem." I'm gonna shoot him when he's laying down. I'll just sack him. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm about to freaking pull the trigger, and I was like, "Oh, don't do it. Look down the barrel, and make sure that there's nothing obstructing the barrel." Right, and I looked, and there's all this brush in front of the rock sticking oh, out, and I was like, "Oh shit, I'm so happy that I didn't just pull the trigger." <laughs> so I let the rifle land there, 
and I had to climb around the rock, shimmy around the rock, and break all these blueberry bushes off that were in the way. There was no other place for me to, to shoot, shoot, like, anywhere around. Because I had to get up high to, to go like, down, get yeah. to get down on them to <laughs> see, you know, where they were. So I snuck around the rock and I broke broke all. It was like the rock's like twenty feet long, not like a little <laughs> softball sized rock, you know. So I'm like shimmying through the brush and I break all these blueberry bushes off and turn around. And the whole time I'm like freaking out that the sheep are gonna see me or something like that. So I come back up and no obstruction and you know at all with a rifle and one shot pow and it sounded loud like super loud like I, normally when you shoot at 300 or further yards you can hear the bullet hit the animal but it was like a cracking sound and i was like oh that's interesting but the ram i mean he was laying down and his head just fell straight down mine would have dirt too, I think. Fa- yeah <laughs> face plant and i was like well He's dead. Loud crack, weird, but totally dead. So I went back up, got my backpack, and cruised down. A couple of the other rams came up the trail that I was going down, came right at me, and I got down into brush that was over my head kind of thing, and they ended up right in front of me, like 20 feet away, coming nice. up the same trail that I was on, like... And they couldn't see me, so they came around a corner. I got a glimpse of one of them, and I stopped and stood there. And they came around the corner, and they were literally, like, closer than from me to the door away over Ten there. Yards. Came right around, were, like, coming right at me and stopped. And it was funny because the little one freaked out and, like, went took off <laughs> running through the tundra. At any rate, they blew out, and I went down, and sure enough, Dead walking up, I was like, oh, man, what's that? As soon as I'm walking <laughs> up, I was like, oh, my God, I shot him right through the horn. <laughs> right in the neck. <laughs> man, you're digging this neck the, shooting. the neck oh, shot. Man. I, most of the stuff that I shot shoot in the past, I, like, try and shoot stuff in the neck. It's, like, least waste, fastest kill, you know? They're just, yeah. like broken back the animal's dead immediately so, do you think it wind drift or, or it was yeah? it was blown yeah. pretty hard yeah and i did did you compensate at all for it none none at all yeah why not because where i was it was i was there was hardly even 300 yards away there was hardly any wind <clears throat> well and when i got that, down and in there that on rain, that creek bottom blowing. it's just cranking it's like it was warm out it was it ended up stopping snowing and like sun came out and it was like fairly nice out and it's cold on that water it seems like and the wind just like blows in these little yeah. bottoms you well know? and at that range with that bullet because it's the same same rifle same load like same batch of loads we we took last year yeah exactly on, yeah and that those bullets buck the wind really well but just that particular yeah it ain't the first time that little canyons fooled us on the wind no exactly nothing exactly. down there for reference to see either Nah, really not enough for me to be like in plus yeah. i'm like zoned out oh yeah I'm yeah like, yeah Kill that but you were you were also <laughs> we smarter. got flagging the, tape down the there. reason why i'm asking is you were also smart enough to go move the branches so i was like why why weren't you smart enough to think well, about that <laughs> I, yeah i didn't though and but at any rate shot him in the neck and died yeah you know dead's dead thing was dead yeah dead. so went down and yeah it's definitely like everything about being by yourself 
I only took a couple of pictures. I was like, I got to get this thing, you know. And of course, now it's six o'clock in the afternoon, and I'm hours away from my tent. Like two hours, three hours, a long climb, like four or five. Oh, that that long away. Yeah. Yeah. Heavy duty. Oh wow! And like I was thinking, like like, sixteen, seventeen hundred feet. I was thinking you had the one spot near where you're camping. It's like two thousand feet from that hole to get to that ridge line. Yeah. And it's just literally, it's like straight up. So I was thinking you had like the one spot where the nine rams were, were like real close to your camp, and then your back pocket spot was maybe like an hour and a half away or something. No, that long, huh? Oh wow! It's so. I immediately was like, oh, my God, I got to get this taken care of. And I was like, Euro mount, shot it in the horn. I don't want the capes. Got a baseball-sized hole in his neck because the bullet goes through the horn, fragments, uh-huh. and then just, like, plows into his neck in, like, tons of pieces. So I was like, I'm not keeping the cape. I want to get all the meat, everything, like, clean this thing up. So I did pretty good. I took minimal pictures and I got everything taken care of for by myself. I thought Just pretty fine. fast. Yeah, not too bad at all. And I decided I was going to take everything, even with my bum knee. I was like, I'm going to take the whole shooting match, go everything slow. with me and go slow. And I made it to within probably 500 feet of that ridge line. It gets steep at the top. There. And I was like... Really? I can't do it. It gets rough. I got to ditch everything. <laughs> I packed a sheep out of there with him. Yeah. It went half. Half, half of a sheep. Yeah. yeah. Trekking poles? No trekking poles. Two. I bring two. Two poles? Good. Yeah. yeah. Um, a lot of people don't like those either, but. So I ditched it. I was like, I made it up to within 500 feet of the ridge, and it was nine, 10 o'clock, 9.45, something like that, and I was like, I got a long ways to go still. <laughs> so I ditched everything, and... I put it in good rocks where nothing could, you know, screw with anything and (laughs) left everything and started burning back. And it was that evening. I didn't leave everything. I took some of the meat. I took one of the meat bags and I got up on the ridge and I was like, all right, cool. It's downhill. There's another little like side hill to go. I got miles to go, but I don't have a lot of ground to gain. Uh, Oh, yeah, yeah. Elevation or whatever. So I come around these rocks, and something caught my eye, and I stopped, and there's a wolf standing there. And it's like 60 yards away, pure black. And I was like, whoa, that's cool. You don't just run into a wolf every day, you know, kind of thing. So I stand there, and he immediately turns around and starts looking at me. So I just stand real still. I got my ski poles in my hand, and I'm like, well, just don't move. I knew I had rocks behind me that I was kind of... You Maybe know, I'll throw one of them. Blending in. Right? <laughs> Maybe I'll throw a rock. Well, I had the rifle in my backpack, but I was like three or four clips and like pulling it off and dealing with it and everything. So I stand there for a little while, and he stands there like like a statue just staring at me. And I'm like, oh, eventually he's going to like the wind's going to swirl a little bit, or he's just going to be like, this isn't right, and take off. Well, he starts doing the like twisting his head thing like, Kind of looking closer at me, and then he takes a couple steps towards me, and then <laughs> and he stops and he kind of like looks at me and puts his head out and twists it a little bit, and then he just starts walking straight at me, just like step after step after nice. step, and I'm like, 
all right, don't move, don't move. I was like, this is going to be cool. I'm thinking, where's my phone? Where's the camera where I can take a picture of this thing? And I'm like, nothing. Any movement at all, you're going to scare him. And he keeps coming, coming closer, closer. <laughs> and then all of a sudden I'm like, huh, at what point in time am I supposed to just think like, <laughs> well, maybe I should have got the rifle out or something else. And it's all of a sudden he's looking like not concerned at all, like, coming right to me so i let him get to like 20 yards away and i take my ski poles and i've whacked them together and he stopped looked at me for a second turned around and ran straight away from me and around this rock pile took off <laughs> and i was like holy shit that was really cool he came right in and as i'm kind of like all right i'm gonna start walking again here comes back around the rocks should have grabbed your rifle at that point. Right. Well, I was thinking I was like with a ski pole whack with a wolf. That yeah. thing's gone, you probably know? ate that double broomer the night before. He comes right <laughs> He comes right around the rock and starts walking right back up to me again. Comes right back to within 20 yards, and I hit the ski poles together. He took off running, and I started running around the rocks to see, so I could see where he went. He was... 400 yards away running down over a ridge the last time that i saw him and i was like all right he's gone so i start running across this ridge that i got to go down into one more saddle before i go like side hill to where my tent is and i'm just about to go down to the saddle i'm probably two and a half miles away from where i'd seen him before oh yeah and so i catch something out of the corner of my eye and here's this caribou comes running up comes into the saddle looking at me he's like running along looking at me a little bull and he looks behind him and then he looks at me and then looks behind him and then looks at me and stops and he looks at me for a second standing there and he's like looking all around then he looks behind him and then takes off running again and i was like this is freaking weird like what the <laughs> hell is up with this you know it's like no way he really knows what i'm you know where i'm at what i'm doing he was running when he came into sight as he runs over the side of the saddle here comes that same wolf that just was by you it was just by me like a couple miles away definitely no doubt about it exact same wolf chasing <laughs> this caribou hot on his tail like right out of they go running, they run across through the saddle, all side hill, all the way around the side. I've got my binoculars out at this point. I'm like, watch this whole thing. Some Marty Stoffer shit here. Just like <laughs> chasing after the friggin' caribou, runs until I can't see them. They're out of sight, gone. Wow. Cool. I don't never see anything like that again. Could have saved that caribou's life. I could have, but once again, they're, they're like <laughs> running and the rifle strapped to my pack. I had a pack full of meat, and I'm like, oh, I can't deal with shit right now. Nice. This sheep is perfectly good enough to deal with. Well, like that time we were up there and seeing, oh, oh there's three sheep out there. And then, no, it's like there were wolves, white wolves. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. And it was like, ah, if they get to like 900 yards, I'm going to start, start slinging at them. <laughs> yeah. And they never did, but. So I went back the next day. I, I went back, had food. Rolled back the next morning. I was like, oh, I'm going to sleep in. I got to ram down. No stress. I got my meats in a good spot. I was up at like six. Oh, I got to go back and get that now. So I rolled over there, got my meat, 
ran into a couple of other guys when I was coming back and found out that the there's three a group of three guys that blew those sheep. The original nine that I found with two legal rams in it. The mm-hmm. reason that they blew out through country and went so far away was because a couple of guys went and posted up with a tent up on top of this peak and basically pushed those rams. They went in there with the wrong wind and not looking, and they blew all those rams right off the top of that mountain is why they all took off. <laughs> so I was happy to have that little back pocket spot that I that I went to and ended up getting one. Um, but... Yeah, it was interesting to find out why, in fact, that those rams had all. I was like, because it sure, seemed yeah. weird to me. I was like, when everything's perfect. Like they shouldn't have gone anywhere, and for them to like move that far, that fast, yeah. Um, and then to run into a couple other guys, and they're like, yeah, we came in here and we ran into these other guys, and they're camping up there. And I was like, well, Make, that's makes why, sense. That's now. why. Sure. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, yep, call up the plane or. In reach. Come get me. <laughs> yeah. And it took all afternoon. It was really windy. But about 10 o'clock, it laid down. He was able to, or 9 or whatever it was. Yeah, because you made it out the come. 11th. I was done. I was in on the 8th and out on the 11th. That's good. the only. Evening to evening. That's the only one I've ever made it out. I made it out the night of the 11th. It's the only one. Yeah. <laughs> Same deal. It was my first, it was the first solo sheep. Went in on the seventh, killed him on the tenth, and just like I was Gone. in really good shape, and just marched him out of there. Yeah, yeah. No, no but, knee uh, problems. Everything was good. I went, you know, anytime that I was like had a lot of weight, I just was really paid attention sense. to what I was doing. No, it's good. I yeah. think I think that's the biggest thing too is you just got to pay attention to what. Just be I mean, tuned in at a higher you... level of you know because when you get loaded up every single step you have yeah. to pay attention to what you're where you're putting your feet and what you're doing right because mm-hmm. I think you know in like an ACL it's that certain lateral kind of well I t- did and portion. I have a knee brace that I wear yeah. too so, so just being careful but yeah. I'm looking forward did you uh, have you told that your little knee doc yet. I didn't. I didn't say anything to anybody really. I. I know the physical therapist was like, if you go and get, because they have a in the in the physical therapy place, they have a, a euro mount of a ram in there. And there was yeah. another one that this guy's a sheep hunter, and he was like, oh, the doctor told me I'll never be able to sheep hunt again, and I told him to shove it and went and killed this ram and packed it all out by myself. So. I was looking at it, and they started asking me, oh, do you like to sheep hunt? And I was like, yeah, my doctor told me that I was never going to be able to sheep hunt again. And they were like, well, if you kill a ram, you can bring it in here. That's why this one's here. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, well, maybe I won't bring my ram. Maybe I'll bring you a picture. Bring a picture. <laughs> yeah, but that ram of yours, like you sent me pictures of it and then brought it over, and it's it's way bigger than the pictures. It's hard when you're taking pictures, like, 10-second countdown yeah. on the iPhone. You want a little, Run little, over there quick. Want to yeah. know a little trick? Yeah, what's that? Set your camera up on video mode. Oh, and just pull pictures off the video? Yeah, and just set it up exactly how you want. Go over yeah. there, do your thing, and then watch the video. Is the quality Scre- that good, it. as good, though? I mean, it's a cell phone picture. I mean, if, yeah. if you're not magazine quality, but is it good enough yeah. to send to your buddies? Heck yeah. yeah. Yeah, that'd be good. Right on. But, yeah, it's, I mean, it's just a hot little tip, you know? 
you know. <laughs> but yeah, I know the feeling, especially being down like where you were. You're like, ah, oh, I gotta get this thing cut up. It's all I keep thinking about is like straight. And it's up, not like because the last so few far. years, you know, we've got a pretty good program going down where you know I'll I'll yeah. cape him and start ripping legs off, and he debones it. Yeah. While I'm ripping meat off, and then you know we basically what I mean. Like an hour it and works a half, really and, good. And I'm like finishing caping it while you're like getting the last done of the meat bone. off yep. the bones. I like taking care of animals with people I've done it before with because because oh, yeah. you already know he, okay he does this really well yeah or or I do this really well you do the other thing you know it's mm-hmm. it's fun it's good yeah, yeah. getting so. getting a system down but no it is nice but it's it's also nice to know it was it was cool to know like I know I can go and I can do it and be do it myself oh yeah you know, it's like there is all i mean that's the nice thing about like i don't know like i say everyone should do it by themselves oh, yeah. self at least once there's it's just nice. like something it's nice being out there but i don't know i talk to myself the whole I time i'm out there i like out so, loud i'll be walking along talking away telling stories you know <laughs> just like chatting away with myself the whole, the whole time I mean, i'm I, not I, gonna I, deny it you know i laugh at my own jokes so yeah. right? <laughs> there you go it's exactly like, oh. <laughs> oh that was a real knee slapper yeah. <laughs> so yeah so i i get i every year i get some stupid jingle or song like some oh, song man. stuck in my head. Some years it's been like a local like radio ad jingle, <laughs> and then uh, this Joe year Nava. the day be- <laughs> the day <laughs> before I left, I was wa- or I had my kid. You know, um, was my wife's working, so watching the kids, and we watched like the old like Disney like Three Little Pigs. And like some of those old Disney cartoons, and one of them was was Lambert the Sheepish Lion, <laughs> and I had that song stuck in my head the entire trip. It was bad. <laughs> oh boy, yeah. But uh, yeah, I guess I could get into mine then. Yeah, hit it up. Yeah. So after I, you know, told Frank, I think I'm about to puke, and I was like. So I was fully planning on just loading up on food, then riding in, then hiking in till you know nine ten o'clock, whatever I needed to do, and uh, just so like sick to my stomach I couldn't even eat. So anyway, loaded up, took off in the rain, got up there. I think I hiked till like yeah, like nine o'clock or so, and finally like I was like. B, but but anyway that earlier that first day i'm hiking up and i was wearing those neos river trekkers like so i i had never gone up that creek so i didn't know how so i was just wearing them walking and they're super awkward and (laughs) three inches taller were you crossing a lot i was crossing quite a bit yeah yeah. and just to stay out of the alders you know every time i'd like try to go in the alders to get it around it just just a nightmare yeah and uh so walking along trip boom eat it <laughs> in the know, water get not not oh, in the water okay. but on up on a gravel bar get that out of the way right of the way but i'm i've landed i late landed on my trekking pole and i only had one because i lost one of my other ones on kodiak the the other one and 
go to push myself up and hear snap. And I'm like, oh, shit. Broke my trekking pole, the one I brought, and get it up. And it wasn't snapped all the way through, but, it, you know, and I had it fully extended. <laughs> so I was able to just bring, you know, push it in like two or three inches and reclamp it. And all right, I guess I just got a shorter trekking pole. Oh, boy. <laughs> but, uh, no sense in going to REI and buying two before you go. Just well, that, that was the thing. I, well, I was gonna. I wanted to buy another one, but there wasn't any decent. You know, all Do they the, sell like, singles. Not, not in the good ones. I just bring my ski poles. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Frank like made him. Poles Frank anything. made him like Beaver Sports. Yeah. Go into the basement and dig out a set of ski poles. I just poles use my for ski, from the, what I Alpine ski with all winter. I just use my ski poles. John John always brings a ski pole, but it's like a 1970s ski <laughs> pole. It's really funny. He's still nice. got like the snow guard on it and everything, but he, nice. that's what he rolls with. Yeah. Bamboo pole. It's really funny. <laughs> Shit. Yeah. It's got like the 19. It's U.S. Olympic team. That's good. Yeah. But uh, so. <laughs> I end up breaking them. I can't get away with using them that long. <laughs> Got up there, and I was... So that happened, and then fortunately was okay. Walked in, and uh, I didn't quite make it to where I wanted to go, but I was like two miles from there, and getting late, and finally just get the one like semi-flat spot I could find Here anywhere around there, up off the... You know, up off... Up out of the creek bottom, and it's like brush, and just pouring rain i'm soaking wet you know set the tent up and just brush every it's just a shit show <laughs> anyway it's just one of them deals when you get the tent set up in the rain just get in there and get in your bag and cook some dinner and no i didn't even eat like a hot dinner that night but uh oh and i guess i should preface i brought 15 I had 15 days of food in my backpack so you, you probably were 70 pounds yeah, uh, eighty. My backpack without water or rifle was like it's like sixty two or so. Like it wasn't too bad, and I would I kind of kind of backed off on the food. Towards like I end. didn't bring any like cheese or sausage or anything like that. My whole food scene was different this year. You too. know, like, I was just like, well, we're gonna go light, and into where I could know I could stretch to fifteen. You know, and I individually packed each day. So I had like half a day for, or, you know, some extra stuff just for that first day and I didn't end up using any of it. And then 14 more whole days of food <laughs> and a lot of food. managed to fit it in there. Isn't that muskag in that? That bag is huge. It's way bigger than I thought it was going to yes. be. I haven't actually had to use the entire thing yet, but we, this past weekend, throwing pa- we could throw an entire PR-49 back, uh, you know, pack raft hole you know in the muskeg bag yeah it was was, you know kind of blown away but well and that was huge and i ordered mine after i saw yours because like no this like actually would be a good yeah it slims down i I was thinking that it wouldn't it wouldn't be big enough bag for sheep for sheep hunting but plenty after the mr but i got that i got organizer guide lid and two you know a a small belt pouch and uh belt pouches you know large and medium on the back and like it was i 15 days of food and all my gear and it's one big bag you know it's nice yeah and that you know i like that organizer guide lid i'd have like a few different things in the smaller pockets like some of them was like gloves and beanies and shit in that one and then like my 
you know, kind of my med pouch and my um, pens and pencils and stuff. Yeah, like pens that. and pencils, <laughs> but like like the little possibles pouch, like extra <laughs> my scrapbook, <laughs> my scrapbook and supplies. Yeah, possible pouch. Yeah, but. Um, uh, it's gonna be in the top. For me to bring this shit. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but set up camp. You know, I'll set up camp, and then next morning get I brought, up. I brought a twelve pack. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I didn't. Did not. I just had to interject gear. right there with that. <laughs> yeah. That just popped into my head. I was like, oh, I got flown in. That's right. I brought beer with me this year. <laughs> <laughs> Sheep hunter's friend. <laughs> and then, uh, so. Yeah, then got up, spent, yeah, it took me about half of that day, get up the rest of the way to where I wanted to go, camp in the saddle, and uh, saddle into, you know, basically the other, the drainage on the other side was the one I wanted to hunt, or whatever. hunt and that ridge line, because you can run that ridge line up and hunt the heads of, you know, that drainage and two others from there and had heard of a lot of like nice rams being up in there get up there and uh the whole way i'm walking up i'm like all right where am i going to be able to get water i'm just like literally following the water all the way up and it wasn't it was a pretty easy saddle to get into finally get up there and there's like some wet ground so i did the old like got a big flat rock and dug holes nice in those seeps, you dig holes in those, you know, where seeps, and then after a couple hours, it's filled up. And like the, you know, you're drinking a little bit silty, it's silty water, but it's clean. Yeah, and you don't have to drop all the way down to get it. Yeah, you know, that <laughs> I just hate giving up elevation almost as much as I hate starting out hiking in the rain on a sheep hunt. <laughs> I don't know what's worse. It seems to happen though. I don't like giving up elevation either. We play rock, paper, scissors, me and my some of my hunting partners and go down and get water if we need to. I hate it. Oh, no doubt. And, and you know, that's why a lot of my hunts, I've drifted away from even taking Mountain House because it's like the water, water I get, water. I want to drink. I don't really want to worry about having to have an extra Nalgene full just to cook dinner each night because a hot meal is not, to me, it's not necessarily worth it. If I know I'm going to a spot with a lot of water, yeah, Mountain House are great. I'm, I mean, I'm gifted in the sense that I can hike eight hours with a 60 pound pack, drink one Nalgene bottle of water well, uh, throughout like the how, day. Like how 32 ounce, uh, 64. Yeah, what? like a quart of fuck yeah, water. Like the normal, small. Normal, small Nalgene bottle. Yeah. And I can come even end up my day with having water. Me, it's like if I have water, I'm happy. So yeah. the, the, if I have access to water and I can drink it all day long, like yeah. I will be a happy. How do you camper. do without it? That's, though? I'll do fine, but I'm, I won't be. I'll get angry after say yeah. six hours without water. Like so, I'm not. So you happy. say you you'll go all day on like one liter? Yeah, with like a quart sized bottle of water. I Jeez, can, yeah. Pretty, I just like water. Like, two, if me, I'm yeah. you've stretching watched me, do it m- yeah. many times. Water to me is like it's like you know when you're up in the mountains is like gold. Yeah. I'm like, man, this is so nice to have water, and I'm yeah. always in high spirits when I have water. <laughs> well, and how many times like picking it when we that one year when we were melting snow on the rock during oh, the day yeah. to get it every night. Shovel then, snow into a divot to like let the sun bake it out and so we can get the yeah. water melting during the day. That was pretty cool actually. That I mean it and it's really funny because, you know, you got all this, you know, sheep strategy. So many decisions like every decision I make is 
also based on, based on, water. on water. Yeah, like, it is. How you know? How much am I going to carry? Where do I think I can get it next? A lot of mountain hunts, goats, the whole thing. It's all kind of like that. If you're going to be up there doing stuff, you're probably not going to have water right next to you. You got to figure that out. I left five gallon, a five gallon jug of Fox water with my name and phone number on it, <laughs> sitting where my tent was from that little spring there in Fox. There, that's yeah. a good spot to get water. Yeah, yeah, it's good uh, water. It's sitting. Hopefully, somebody. Is you hopefully some other sheep hunter after I left uses is it drinking? You just replaced water. you replaced all the stuff we drank we took, a couple years ago. A couple years ago, exactly. <laughs> yeah, hey, back. the stuff was year old. Hey, it had been there for a year. It was yeah. fair game. Yeah, was it fine? Oh, it was great. Yeah. <laughs> we needed it. We needed water. It was Arrowhead. <laughs> oh wow, nice. Oh, it was cased water, bottled water. Yeah. yeah. Well, we were sitting up there on Fancy. the ridge and little side side story we were sitting up there on the ridge and i think that day we were gonna have to get like find we water somewhere water. Yeah. we're low and we were not only low but thirsty and so you're running on like 12 hours with no water then frank maybe two days <laughs> two days <laughs> no no we were we were sitting there and uh and gla- you know i had the glass out and I joke that I'm a camel. <laughs> no, I I mean I don't get I I, I can go without water, you know. Yeah. I'm fine without water, but I'm way happier with water. Yeah. <laughs> so, we, you I know, looking down with glass at this spot where Frank ended up camping <laughs> this year. I'm like, dude, it's like I think that's cases of water. It's like you're fucking insane. <laughs> it's, a, it's a mirage. You guys are yeah. That's what I started telling him. I was like, you're crazy, you're man. Shit. You're so thirsty. You think you see a case He's of water. Like, no, this is a case of water. And I was like, you are insane. <laughs> I'm like, give me a spot and scope. Pop that thing up. I'm like, dude, that's Arrowhead water. That's the big bottles. <laughs> and it was. Up. Oh, it was. We re- So we like packed run down there and it's all like the labels are all faded it'd been you're there running a long you're time. crawling at the end you get there and it's not you know just like in the movies but what's crazy is the guy that i ran into up there this year he was in there the same year but just before us and he ran out of water and almost died no he but drank he, <laughs> the the bottles that were missing out of that yeah. case. he had drank them <laughs> that's funny yeah Back to Toke. Okay, so get in there. Oh, afternoon, afternoon of the eighth. Set camp up, and I mean it's like some pretty in a, a new country. Never been in there, and it's pretty rough country. And so, and you know, kind of my sheep hunting mentor, had, who has hunted that extensively since before it was dry area. It's like, oh, yeah, you know, you go up this route, you know, you, you get up in this spot, and he kind of, it was almost like proxy hunt for him because he, you know, the area means so much to him. But so, you know, you can hunt, hunt up this ridge and go around that way or go, you know, down the ridge. And my plan was to get up in the saddle, hunt down the ridge, you know, out, out the drainage on the ridge line. For you know two three four till I saw what I needed. The to easternmost drainage is what you're talking about yeah. right now. Yeah, yeah. And then come back and hunt and move camp around. You know as far as I had to move it to to find what I was looking for. Get up in that saddle and I look 
you know, and he's talking, you know, following the sheep trails up there. And I see kind of patches of the sheep trail going up there. I'm like, there ain't no freaking way I'm climbing up that. Like, <laughs> suicide, you know. And it's all, you know, fresh snow and. Not fun. So, I I did. I don't think I saw much on the 8th. My glass, you know, got camp set up and climbed up on the up on a point in glass for quite a while you know till till it was starting to get dark and then i think yeah woke up and it was fresh snow the next morning on the ninth I'm like well all right i'll pack up everything and walk you know north on that ridge follow the ridge line up because there's a lot of country like three different heads of three different drainages i can cover and uh Took off on that, and of course, you know, yeah, so it's that day three, so I was just starting to get into sheep shape. And, uh, <laughs> according to Frank. <laughs> according to Frank. Well, according to me, too. It's definitely after, like, day three, it starts to get quite a bit easier. It, yeah. But uh, Still not the opener, though. Still not the opener. It was the ninth. Okay. And uh, so I'm walking up, glass and glass, and get on this, uh, I get on this sheep trail, you know, thinking I have to follow all the way up, you know, kind of works way up from the saddle up to a big peak that's like 6,500 or so feet, which, you know, that Alaska range ram was like, I mean, most of the rams you kill are between like 45 and 5,500, maybe 6,000. Maybe 6,000, yeah. And I'm camped at 5,300 and, you know, so. That trail goes way up even. Yeah, I'm just like, jeez. And we go, you know, so I'm going, we, me. <laughs> <laughs> me, myself, yeah. and I. We is me and my backpack. <laughs> I go up, you know, work up, and then I see the sheep trail. I'm like, oh, I don't really want to climb all the way up to the top of that 60, but sheep trail skirts around it. And I'm like, sheep, no, the easiest way to go. So I'm walking through, walking just side hill and through this rocks, and you see sheep trail, rocks, sheep trail, rocks, like them big loose. And it was kind of sketchy because that is that got a lot of that black lichen on it slippery this black lichen when it's dry cold money when it's wet it is nasty yes sir so walking and for some reason i'd stopped for a second and i look up and i see sheep coming like 10 yards away up out of a little fold you know on that sheep trail and it was four ewes and i was already holding still so of course they you know stand there and look at me and kind of turn around and just walk off and i mean it was super cool but uh i was glad it wasn't rams doing that the day before the season oh yeah but uh let's see and and it was just like blowing snow right then too but it kind of i think it it cleared up that afternoon and i just kept working up the ridge line and didn't see it back it up i saw five rams that morning before I got to that point across the canyon, there's that drainage is has a couple different forks and there's a ridge between them. And I saw them, they were like two miles away across across the section of canyon that I was in. And it's five rams, and one of them was legal, like you know, pretty certainly legal, but nothing special. So it's like, ah, we'll just keep looking. And I didn't see a single ram on the ninth in any of that country I checked. So I'm starting to think, I'm like, uh, and that afternoon it got pretty nice, but 
went back to the tent. And then, uh, yeah, when I got back to that basin, there's all sorts of ewes in the basin around my tent. And that was kind of kind of cool, but I'm like, where are the rams? Yeah. And uh, so, let's see, we get a... Did you, let me interject here. Did yeah. you did you expect to go in there and just find a nice like what you wanted right I away? Start, or I, did you or did you think it was going to take a while? I figured it would take a while to find what I wanted. Mm-hmm. But it uh I expected to start seeing rams like pretty quickly. Which you didn't. I didn't. Yeah. Well, you saw five. <clears throat> right? On the eighth. Yeah, I mean whatever. But, but I was ex- I was still that. expecting to see more than that. Like, <laughs> well, yeah, you can go into the, sheep you can, everywhere. Yeah, you like, can go into over to the counter units and see twenty, thirty rams. Yeah, like, yeah. We're, like you <laughs> know, a whole well, lot of work. It was so. like last year. Like, you know, we finally get to where we think we're going to see sheep on the ninth. Mm-hmm. Nothing. Nothing initially, but that evening saw right. like seventeen rams. So I'm like, oh, like, or when we were down in your delta hunt. You know, it, mm-hmm. it took a while. You know, when we got to the right, right area, it's like, all right, ram, 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 ram. And me car ram, 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 But meanwhile, that guy that I talked to at fishing game when I was getting my horn sealed walked right up the same drainage we did, and went a mile away from his truck, shot a inch and a half beyond full curl, beautiful yeah. ram. Packed for 14 days and was home the same night. Never even had to pull no. his tent out. Put him <laughs> no. Never had to cook any food, anything, nothing in De- in Delta. Nice, yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, so you never know. Anyway, exactly. You never know. But I was like, so I got back to camp and I decided, right? Well, the tenth, I'm like, cause man, like the mountains on. The, I'm like, I don't know how he got up there. Yeah. I'm like, I'm not going to risk my life being alone. And I'm like, I'm going to spend another day and push a little farther back, you know, up around and, and check like all three of the tops of these basins. Cause I know guys that have killed rams up there, good rams. And I'm like, that's what I'm going to do. And if, if I, I can't find anything, I'll just pick up camp and find a way. Yeah. Keep, yeah. So, um, morning, the tent opening day start working my way up and i found it's always it's it sucks because it's always a balance of covering ground and glassing yeah you got to kind of do both you know you have you have to do that spend the time glassing right but you know it's it's finding a balance of all right have i covered this good enough to to move on and then try to so that that was another interesting thing especially going by yourself because with with two guys a lot of times you do have a little bit more yeah, you can do both, kind of. Four eyeballs. Glass and power. Four eyeballs instead of two. Yeah, so it was that morning. I hadn't made it very far up, and I'm like, oh, well, you know, cheaper, you know, just starting to bed down. Look down, and I saw five more rams. Well, I saw those original five rams that, you know, weren't any, didn't, had one legal, but not anything special. Then I saw five rams about four and a half to five miles down the canyon on top of the ridge line. I just was able to catch them in the sun, you know, on top of the ridge bedded down and got the scope out and 
watched them for like an hour and a half or so till it, you know, they got up and moved and I could see like two of them looked like, yeah, they're going to be legal Rams from four and a half, five miles away. Like it means they're going to have some pretty good potential when you can see, you can still see horn at their three quarter curl from five miles away. Sure. They're not thin. They're not, they're not little dinker Rams. So I'm like, well, I mean, I'm too far away for today at this point to do anything about it. So kept going and glassed, you know, the heads of three whole drainages and saw, I don't know how many ewes. And the weather was getting nicer and the ewes were moving back in there. But the ewes are bet, like, they're bedded at like 6,000 feet. I'm like, where the hell are the rams going to be? Like, you can't get much Anywhere. higher than that, you yeah. know. there's Probably not just tucked off in their own little... Yeah, I'm like, I don't know if there's, and I was, it was really kind of messing with me because I'm like, I was like, this is nasty country. Like, this is good where rams, I should be seeing rams around yeah. here, and it's all use. So how many rams did you see? I, the whole trip, I think I saw 25 or so. Quite a bit less than what you probably thought initially. And less than what I probably would have seen if I would have. Kept hunting for a couple of few more days. Yeah, I think so. Because I think what happened was the wet, that real bad weather had pushed them out the ridge lines away and from they, the heads of the drainages. And they migrated back. And I saw those ewes were moving, you know, from this kind of, what's typically, from what I understand, a lamb and ewe mountain. The ewes were moving in. Like I saw different bunches of 30, 40, 50 of them moving over towards me from this mountain. You know, and in in spots where guys have been like, "Yeah, we killed a really big ram right there," and yeah, it's like there's just no rams; they're all ewes. And typically, sheep hunting, it's like, all right, well, if all you're seeing is ewes, then you got to start looking higher. Yeah. So, um, anyway, I guess after the tenth, yeah, I got back to the tent and was like, "Well, the only rams I've seen like with real potential, aside from packing up camp and." And it was going to take me an entire, you know, I could keep going the way I went and keep going and make it in a day, probably make it to another basin. But I knew there was going to be some people, you know, because the the way people get dropped off in there. So I'm like, all right, well, those five rams down there like two of them have potential to be big rams so i just have to find a way to get up on this ridge line and get to them yeah and going straight up out of the saddle was not going to be an option so i was like well i think i can i think i can work my way around the bait the bowl on the other side of the saddle it's kind of all that stuff it's just broken cliffs can't go up it yeah. you know so i'm thinking i got to work my way around the bottom of this like you know cliff rock to the creek the next little creek that shoots out of there and as i think i was thinking i could probably make it up that creek into a saddle where you can start to go where back. i can hit the sheep trails because i you know that whole entire ridge line's like sheep trails they just travel it and so that's what I decided to do. <laughs> and that night, that night, I think it was that night I had a U like right outside my tent. When you went to sleep or? 
Well, I, I had closed up the tent, cooked dinner and stuff, and then I, I heard rocks rolling or, you know, a couple of rocks rolling and opened it, and there was a U like 20 yards from the tent. Nice. But, uh. So did you go around the base of it? Yeah, I uh, got up on the, this was the 11th. I decided I like, and I had 15 days or, you know, however many days of food left. I'd initially thought that I was going to just stash some of it there and take like three or four days of food. But I'm like, yeah, like, I don't know where I'm going to end up. I'm just going to pack up everything, load up everything, go over into that base. And I hadn't seen a sheep in that basin yet. Kind of start side hill and around them cliffs, look down and there's four ewes bedded like 200 yards away. So I kind of sit down and, uh, like I, I didn't, I was going to push through them, but I wanted to just nudge them out. I didn't want to blow them out, you know, get to where they can leave, but I don't want to have them running, looking over their shoulder. <laughs> and so sitting there looking at them, then I look a little farther up on the hillside on the other side of the creek. I'm like, is that that spot I've looked at like 50 times? Or that rock I've looked at like 50 times, pulled the binos. Nope, that's a ram. A little like three-quarter curl. So I started, I just sat down. I'm like, I, I got to pick this thing apart because it's a lot of broken cliffs and and stuff on this hillside. And just st- stuff that, you know, compared to a lot of stuff I've hunted, it's like a little, it's a little bit nasty, you know, stuff sure. that you wouldn't really see rams hanging out in unless they were pushed there. So looking, I found another one, and he was like seven eighths or so, you know, nice young ram, and sat there for a while. And finally, I'm like, well, I got to go up this drainage. Like, I'm just going to take my time. And it was slow going anyway. That's one thing I noticed, like a lot of that compared to stuff like the brooks or anywhere. It's just slower going. Like, you nice. don't cover as you don't cover as much ground, or I didn't cover as much ground, but it was a lot tougher, like more strategic walking. Have you hunted the Chugach? For Other goats, than goats, yeah. No, and it's the same. That yeah, it just, reminds me of the same thing. It's just slow going. It's just different than other places here I've hunted, but yeah, I mean, just nothing about the Chugach is easy. No, and Alaska range is like kind of graduating, <laughs> getting there, graduating to the to the final, you know, the Chugach level. But so anyway, finally work my way around into this creek, and I'm like, holy shit. It's like 45 degrees, like just, you know, intermittent, like waterfall creek up there. I'm like, if I can, <laughs> if I can get up to that saddle, like I know, like I'll be okay. Things are going to change. Yeah. I'll be able to look into that next basin. And my plan, you know, really was to get up on the ridge and start hunting my way down, checking those basins, but to get a closer look at those five rams that were down there. So, well, I think I, I got down, I was underneath that one ram, and he didn't even pay that much attention to me, but sat down, and I think I ate lunch in there, and I'm like, looking up, I'm like, thinking to myself, man, I don't know how, it's like, I can get up this, I don't know how I'm going to get down. Yeah. That was the big thing, especially loaded heavy, I'm like, uh, and it's a lot of that. A lot of that is worry about it later. 
Yeah, I mean, that's what it ended up boiling down to. Yeah. But And a lot of that dirt, it had been so wet that depending on how wet or dry it is, some of that dirt can be nice to climb in because you yeah. can you can jam get your foot in, in enough to get your fo- get a foothold, but it was just like, like rolling out from under you. So it really like took me a while and I was kind of questioning my sanity, but I'm like, I know I can pick my way up there get there yeah um yeah i think i stopped and you stopped and got some water and ate lunch and then load the pack back up get i finally i just had to it was it was too steep in the creek bottom so i had to get just shoot up the side finally got into the you know kind of the top of that basin where it comes out of the you know the drop off and not levels out but gets gets a little gentler and then you know steepens back up up to the saddle and just like 50 yards at a time or 25 yards at a time you know like all right i'm gonna get to that rock and one step at a time and yeah really knew that like all right you know just get to this saddle and i'll start glassing and and slow, then I can, then I can, you know, I, I figure once I, you know, I'm like, I don't care if it takes me all day to get this saddle. Yeah. I can start like methodically hunting this whole country out to, to find those rams again. So I finally get up there, like right under the saddle and there's a big, you know, snow patch. And it's like looking at the pictures, you know, I looked up there before I'm like, geez, like no way in hell I'm climbing up there. Like this retarded. So I get up, sit down, unbuckle my pack. I'm going to take my binos, my rifle, and my spot and scope, creep over there and look. But literally sat down, unbuckle my pack, look up, and there's two rams walking around the side of the hill 100 yards away. You know, just kind of opposite the saddle. I'm on, I'm on one side of the saddle, and they're coming around the other side, this kind of rocky outcropping. And of course, yeah, it's a good sign, but not exactly how you want to encounter those things. And, uh, no, exactly. <laughs> pull up the. My initial thought was, oh, it's those two rams from down below. So you know, they ended up. And then I pull up the binos. I'm like, no, that not that, the same. That one's legal right the there. One. And uh, or that was my initial impression. And he was, but they come, and of course, instantly they bust me. I'm like a hundred yards away, but I think what I had going for me is I wasn't moving. I was sitting down. I was just something that didn't look right. And they get up there and I think it was like, it was like three thirty, four o'clock in the afternoon. They bedded down looking at me. How far? hundred yards. Oh, wow. It's right. impressive. Honestly. I mean, that they just bed down. Oh, I, I was you. like half shocked, you know? Yeah. But they were... They knew where you were, and they probably oh, they knew could. how to get away super yeah. fast. Yeah, and I wasn't like Obviously up and moving. I was yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I wasn't up and moving or anything when that happened. Um, I literally had just unbuckled my backpack, didn't even have my coat on or anything. Finally, I had to wait like fifteen minutes, and finally, I just like slowly, I had to pull my puffy jacket out of my backpack because I was freezing. It was just howling up there, <laughs> and. So sitting there looking at them, and I did when I got my jacket out. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna get the spot and scope out. 
I kind of I figured the one was legal, but I'm like, yeah, not not big enough, not what I'm going to shoot, and set the spot and scope up on him. And it was a nice nine year old, like nice and heavy. You know, not not exceptional really. I think he was about like 35, 36. And anyway, I'm like, oh well, that's cool, but there might be more, right? Because all I can see is, I mean, they're on the skyline basically, and. Then another one, it was it was him and a little one. Then I saw another one that was legal that was like seven. And all right, that's cool, you know. I don't know how long I'd been sitting there for, 20 minutes or so, and looking through the spot and scope. I see two more pop over, and it was like, I'm trying to think of the, whether it's like a gif or whatever those, those pictures are. It's like, oh, shit. <laughs> like, I just see, you know see the the saw the flare on his horn as he came over on his left horn and i'm initially I'm like oh that looks like he may be my as i set out like be like i'm not going to shoot one i don't think's 40 and uh he never like i didn't get a real strong look but saw him come over and then i could see the top half of his head and he, because he he came right over to those ones, and then looked at me, and then bedded down to where I could just see the top half of his head, and could see that left tit. You know, I knew he was broomed heavy on the right. His left side's impressive, and saw his left yeah. side just like spilling out there. I'm like, oh, like that's that's a nice ram. And looking the spot scope, and I was like, well, he's ten. I'm like, he's ten for sure. So at a hundred yards, I'm like. I better not pass this thing. The rifle starts well, you talking had, well, to you. No, you had, but you had two things going for you at that point. One was you knew he was ten. Yeah. But your initial impression was he flares out. He's big. He's f- way past full curl. Yeah. Like okay, so you have age and you have also long. Yeah. And the what, thing, there, you know what? You yeah. Think. And the thing I didn't really get a good look at all of like your bases. What, what you like? You would you know? Yeah. It's not a seven year old that's real long, yeah. which you know yeah. is not going to be big. Right. Yeah. And Toke is known for you know younger Rams that Being have that fancy, configuration. Yeah. yeah fancy. Uh, so you had the two things that you really needed to to have to make forty. And I just couldn't see. I didn't get a good look at how deep he was, which was what ended yep. up tricking me. Sure. But um, yeah. So he's laying there, and the rifle starts talking to you. Like anyway, basically, once I saw he was ten and looked like. I just popped the spot scope off the tripod, picked the rifle up, and threw around in the chamber and set it on the tripod. Yeah, and ended up sitting there for like two hours, or you know, it was an hour and a half to two hours where they were just bedded right there. They could see me still within a hundred yards. Still, like it was like a hundred ten yards. Wow. And you know, like <laughs> this ram would lay his head down, and that you know, just going through like a standard betting so thing. A lot of people think 110 yards is a long ways, but I will tell you that 110 With yards, sheep, it's that's it, you're the, in their right you're in their yard. But just like spend, you know, I've, I've you know, the last, this month it's the 20th today. I've spent 12 days hunting so far this month, and it's all been like on the tundra. A hundred yards is not far. No, not, <laughs> no, not at all. It's, exactly, it's not far so with sheep in the mountains. Hundred yes. yards is like you're on. You're top in of their them. bed with yeah, them. You're basically. very close. Yeah, like so. That's cool. Yeah, I mean, I I couldn't believe it really. 
you know, they bedded down and, and that's the only thing that saved me as I was sitting down, not moving really. And they, they saw me instantly, but I didn't move other than just a few little like turn to get my code out of my bag. It's amazing you and, got away with that. Yeah. Really. And, and I was, I kind of was like, well, I'm going to have to be okay with this. And just kind of, you, yeah, you just take your time when you do it. Yeah. And you act, I mean, as, as stupid as it sounds, you act nonchalant. No, you know, you do exactly. I know like exactly what body you're language, you know, whether, yeah. you know, whether that actually registers with them. There's been some times where it, uh, it seems like, I always seem you know, to you don't away. like drop to the no, ground and get sneaky, no. you know. I always look away and I'm just like, do my thing. Lost kinda. wallet. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, but I mean, I managed to get my tripod set up and spot scope. And then I, I literally just pulled the spotting scope off the tripod set the rifle on top of it, threw around in the chamber, and I'm like, all right, now's the waiting game. And, you know, of course, I'm playing like, oh, that, that nine-year-old, like, he'd be so dead right now. There's like, anchor him right in his bed because he was the one ram that, like, gave, gave me a perfect, perfect shot, yeah. bedded shot. And then this one, I'm like, so many, I could see the top half, I see, like, just under his eyes and up. And I'm like, I know I could shoot him right between the eyes. <laughs> <laughs> I know you were thinking that, but too. But I'm like, no, no, no. Like, if I don't get a shot at him, I don't get a shot at him. But he's bedded down because every once in a while his head would kind of disappear, like he's laying his head yeah. down. And then he'd pop back up, and there was ended up being five of them there and three legals. And so finally... After, it was like, yeah, it was like an hour and a half to two hours, just, and I'm just sitting there shivering, and then I'd practice, like, getting control of my breathing sure. and holding on the other one, and uh, finally started doing that, like, kind of rocking back and forth, and because other rams started getting up, and I'm like, oh, and I wish I would have got the shot on video, because I got video of, of those, ram, you know, the first two bedded. And then I got video of them afterwards, but I was like, I had to, I didn't have a good rock to like set the camera up on. And I, I had to, the way I was positioned, I couldn't whip my backpack around to use for a rifle rest. I just had to set it on the tripod. Yeah. When the, when the other ones were getting up, were they taking a piss? I've, yeah. I've started to notice that. Yeah. Like, okay. When they, they were, start getting up and taking those pisses that are long. Yeah. That you're like, oh my God, I can't believe that ram is still taking a piss. That's when they're about to get moving. They're moving. Okay. Yeah. And it's like one of them will get up, take that piss, and then it'll lay back down again. And then another one will be like, oh, start shit, doing this that do same kind of move again. And then he'll get up and do the same thing. And they kind of like play off if there's multiple rams together. Yeah. And I've started to notice over the years that that move, that like get up to piss, that long piss. It's the start of them they're getting gonna, to move they're gonna and go move. somewhere. They're going to go, yeah. So they're usually doing that when they're bedded, headed to uh, yeah. where they're going to feed for the afternoon or the evening yeah. or whatever. Yep, yeah, exactly. Nice. And that worked for me this year. Yeah. Yeah. Same exact thing that he's talking about is, the, oh, they start <laughs> to, you know, they get their head moving. and But I noticed that it's like the actually, it's that them getting up and taking a piss is what clues me into the fact that they're going to move. Something's going to happen. And 
well, and I've spilling heard from, the beans. Yeah, I've heard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Right, well, I've heard exactly. from other folks that watch them, and a lot of those rams are bedded um, in a direction where they're they're facing and they're staring at where they want to go. I've seen and so many times though. There's like four or five rams, and they're all facing different Every directions. Every one of them yep. faces a uphill, downhill, the, left, but, right, but whatever. The, but the bigger ram in the group. The lead ram. Yeah. It may be, in some cases, looking in the direction that they that tend they're to gonna go. move towards. Right. And I've I've heard that from a lot of folks too, that it's just like if you're watching sheep or whatever, you know, stare at not stare at, but look at that lead ram that you think is a lead ram and chances are where he's looking is probably where they're gonna end where up. Where it's going. gonna happen. Yeah. You know, and it's it's interesting too, like I've I think that sheep if they're going to move far, do so like in the early evening after during the day, like you never really see sheep just disappear at night and make big movements. So you can bed them down and they're going to be right around there in the morning. What time is morning? Yeah, exactly. Uh, Good question. It depends. Really I mean, I think question. they're like this early season. They're up feeding at like four o'clock in the morning, three thirty. Okay, and then in in the evening when you say put them to bed, I mean that's got to be midnight. Yeah, or yeah, usually so not you know at well. least in the and it, it does vary quite a bit. Of course, because like where I was at in the Alaska Range, it was getting pretty dark, dark. pretty damn dark by like ten or ten thirty or so. Yeah. You know, and. And they were really starting to settle down and like getting close to where they were going to bed by, you know, 930 or so. Okay. Whereas a lot of times up in the brooks, they're like just getting cooking it. They're just getting hopping at like 839 o'clock. A few different ranges. It kind of seems like early season, they'll bed down at whenever in the evening whenever you think they're gonna whether it's four o'clock in the morning or midnight or maybe you know two o'clock in the morning they're up in the morning feeding 10 maybe bed down for a little while they're up again in the midday they kind of maybe they're not moving far but they're up and feeding well that's again. a big thing they they get up and they feed get near up and where they, they where they bed where they bed 100 percent and they'll go back down again and a lot of not as much of like a pass out session as much as chewing their cud. Yeah. And they'll sleep like you see rams like laying on their horn sideways, yeah. you know, kind of just like totally lights out. But a lot of like chewing their cud in the early like mid afternoon build up to that like six or seven okay. o'clock time. That's I've true. noticed. Yep. You know? Yep. And then up and going again. But even I don't know. So many people talk about, oh, they bed and they feed and they bed and they feed. And to me, it seems more like the more sheep that I watch, God, they're just like, they're. it's like such an opportunistic, oh, there's a good place to lay down. I'm just going to lay down there because I'm eating and, and, it and I'm drinking and it, I'm doing this and everything's perfect for me. But that looks like a good place to bed as much as it looks like a good place to eat or drink. But you would they say, find a place that to lay down right, is but you, just as good. You, but you could also, uh, I guess, argue that they do have a, a certain pattern that they that they certainly follow. You know, and, right. and, and depending right. on it, yeah, it depends on the mountain range too. Like mm-hmm. in, in the area, like the sheep, you know, and your delta tag 
were a lot more patternable yeah. than some of these other sheep yeah. we've been hunting in areas that aren't quite as nasty, you know, like their morning, well, evening well, some, cycles. Some ranges, they can feed anywhere they are. Yeah. Anywhere they and are. And some ranges, they, they can't yeah. feed mm-hmm. just anywhere. Yeah. They so they have like, to be... Here's where I rest. Here's where I feed. Here's yes. where I drink. Here's where strategic. everything happens. Their, their day yeah. is certainly planned by their environment. And yeah. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> like the nastier country, I think a lot of times the more predictable... Yeah, because they have they're to. They're going to be. They want a bed somewhere safe, and they have to yeah. eat and you know where there's food, not where there's rocks. Yeah, or and, shale uh, or whatever. But uh, so put your rifle on the tripod. So put rifle on the tripod and wait for you know just shivering for forever. And I'm like, ah, uh, man, this like just decided like this sucker's dying. Like I can't pass him up. <laughs> and hadn't been you know these are the closest rams ironically that I'd seen in the last four days, and at a hundred yards and i'm like as much as i would love to be able to look them over from half a mile i'm like well this is kind of what it is got up to sheep country and here, here we go here they are yeah and uh yeah finally he get up start taking pisses and he stood up and i didn't give him much time as soon as he stood up and there was you know he was clear i'd touched one off and he came you know it was just chaos after that I'm throwing another round in, and he, you know, they took off running down the hill. And one thing was, I didn't know what that backside looked like. I was banking on it being a little gentler because it was a south-facing slope. <laughs> Did he come towards you or over the back? Uh, kind of like parallel. Okay. But the north side, like the side I came from, going to be not super pretty. <laughs> <laughs> and I was hoping that the other side would be better, but I'm like, well, I'm just going to roll the dice Figure and hope for out. the best here. Shoot. Um, as I'm yanking another round and I see sheep hair floating through the air, like being blown through the saddle. I'm like, and he was a hundred yards away. So I'm like, you know, money <laughs> runs down the hill about 15 yards, turns around and just flops down on the ground on this flat spot. Dead. <laughs> Didn't even roll. Not one roll. And then, of course, you know, all the, the other rams are kind of running around. and They didn't even, like, really look at me. I got some video of, of the, the nine-year-old, like, splayed out, like, on a rock, like, looking all around, like, trying to figure out what the heck happened. And it was really cool. I really wish I could have got that whole sequence on video, aside from being a skyline shot, which it's like, well, what? What am I going to hit beyond that? After it goes through a sheep, <laughs> oh, like, yeah. there's nothing for 150 miles. But, uh, yeah, so that was him, and I... <laughs> so, he ended up being 11. 11 years old. Is that your oldest ram? Um, A tie, I can't remember what, I want to say I thought that one was 12, but, like, he's up there, he's an old sheep. Good. Good. And uh so you yeah, you shot and a 38, very ram. Yeah. You know, so you know, he he fooled me a little bit and that was the one thing that got me was he he's just not as deep. I knew he wasn't heavy, but he just wasn't as deep, but I mean, he's super fancy. He's been he's 11 years old and he's been legal since he was like seven and a half. You know, full curl. So way over full curl. Like I haven't had the privilege of seeing very many of them that 
from any angle you look at them, like through binoculars, it's like, yeah, they're legal. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm super, super happy. I think that's a good ram. We're definitely worth putting a tag on. uh, An 11 year old ram is probably a good ram to take anywhere, anytime, really. Yeah. That's, that's what you want. So. I have to agree, hundred percent. Yeah, I was like, doesn't matter if he's forty. Who or gives if he's a shit if it's forty or thirty-five? Exactly. Whatever. He's eleven. So like, that's a beautiful that's, ram. That's the good one to take. It's the out. same thing I said to Tyler. I was like, man, there's no way I would have passed up that ram. It's beautiful, perfect, perfect specimen. Yeah, super cool. And all, I don't know. I always like ones that have that character like busted off one side. I wasn't going to shoot a double broomer unless he was just massive because I wanted one, you know, long side. Yeah. But, yeah, I'll take that going and coming. <laughs> Sitting here fondling these sheep horns. No, oh, he's good. He's a nice ram. Beautiful. But, uh... Has the has the toke uh, typical, the I guess, uh, configuration on, yeah. the, on the one side. And, and he's old, so... How yeah, many, how and many, I, I how think... How many years have you put in for toke? I've never put in for toke. You don't even put in nope, for it? No, I put in... There's a couple other tags that I've been interested in that I put in for. Toke's not one of them. Uh, I don't want to put in for... Me, personally, I I don't want to put in for a tag that I'm... For sheep, anyhow. I'm not interested in competing with that many people for a tag. And I there's I think there's other permits that I'd You I'd think have. easier over the counter? Well, I think... I mean... You guys know as well as as anyone that you know some of the best sheep hunting in the state is over the counter. It is so <laughs> it, my the way I use my draw, uh, you know my draw, uh, you know preference I guess for a tag is a spot that I want to hunt, like, want to. Yeah. So you just don't want to hunt. Tokes. And I, it's not that I don't want for to. For five dollars, you yeah, don't want to hunt. It's not tokes. that I don't want to. It's that it's no. It's it's that I don't think I'm going to have a good odds to draw. And you it. don't. You never like. I mean, <laughs> yeah. even me yeah. drawing it was just just stupid luck. Like it's it's a less than one percent well, draw. Without, how, how long have you put in for putting in. You put in for it every year. Fifteen years. You put in for it every year. Maybe not. I I can't remember because maybe some years I went Delta. Okay. But I've put in for sheep tag. So, With similar odds for 15 years. Have you Good. put in for sheep tags? Yes, of course. Yes, of yes. course. Have you drawn one? No. Okay. No, I haven't. All right. You answered my question. <laughs> <laughs> I have not. No. No, I've been putting in for uh, the archery permits down down in the Chugats and stuff like that. And, right on. And then I think this last year was the first time I put in. I put in for Delta just because it would work out good for my schedule. But Cool. And then there's guys like, I won't say travis's last name on this <laughs> drew toke last year got his first sheep drew delta this year oh, delta wow. late you better go travis because i know he's gonna listen <laughs> two to this. in a row he yeah he drew toke last him. year and delta late this year nice <clears throat> bastard but a lot of i mean toke delta and then oh, that's rough 13 years for me for delta yeah and you were you know, for 13. I never put in for nice. anything else, really, because yeah. I was just like, okay, if it's going to happen, it's going to happen, I, you know? I'm not... I, so him drawing the toke permit is no different than me drawing the two brown bear permits that I've drawn that are less than 1%. Yeah, exactly. So it can certainly exactly. happen. Yeah. I'm not saying it can't. Uh, I I just... I haven't... I've never put in for toke. I know a lot of people that do religiously, and they've never drawn. Yeah. So... But they still shoot cheap, too. 
other, you know, yeah, over the in cover. other places, <laughs> and exactly. so do you guys. So yeah, yeah. I mean, what? Because this was this was the twelfth ram I've killed, and the first eleven were all in General, General Harvest, Harvest, yeah, units. Yeah. So you definitely don't need it. I mean, but it was cool, and I, I'm kind of like have mixed feelings. It would be nice to have the whole season to hunt down there. They've split it up to just kind of, because I think the way it was, everybody went on the opener before and then, you know. Divided divided it so it wasn't so much of a. I thought it was ironic, though, because granted, I guess I didn't see anybody in person when I was hunting, but just constant air traffic every day, all day. Well, if you got to figure where you were. In it, yeah, and that some, plays into it. Like it's kind of on the way to a lot of places. Yeah, and you have. Um, yeah, but it's for it. for like you know a draw tag hunt that's managed for you know the pristineness and yeah and well, no it's, it, no it's managed for trophy quality. Well, trophy Focus quality is, and. Um, I guess it, I guess a secondary effect would be the the pristineness, yeah. but I don't I don't I think you'd have a more pristine hunt where probably where Frank went this year than yeah. if you were looking for pristine. Yeah, <laughs> you'd probably have it there because yeah, you just. That's, I was surprised. Yeah. to run into people. Well, you have seen people in Never. the past. You guys have seen folks before, have you? Not, not? when we're up there. Really? Never. Oh. It's the first time ever. But, That's why I was just like, I was walking along and I was like, voices? I've been by myself <laughs> for a couple of days. I was like, people? And oh, I start I... looking around, I'm like, what the? And then you get defensive all of a sudden. You're like, what are you doing here? You know? But of course, they're half a mile away when I first saw them. But you've, them. you've run into other sheep hunters up there, I guess is what I'm saying. No, never. Yeah, you have. Last year, when or the year you shot that big ram, that they, these guys were looking for that sheep, and then you killed them, and they thought he was no, something that else. That was different. Negative. That was months, like um, like. Uh, Still during sheep season. Three weeks later, though. Still during sheep season. Yeah, but not in the same area. Like a long same. ways, a long enough uh, yeah. ways away. Okay. I've never run into anybody there. There. Okay. Not never. Not even close. Fair enough. Yeah. But, There's. Uh, it might like when we're sitting here. It might be like kind of close area, which it is. Right. But it's a it's, it's a, a long, long walk. It's a long <laughs> fucking ways. And I've never. Have you ever seen anybody out there? I haven't either. Straight up. No Good. way. Hopefully you didn't tell those people your name. Oh, I told. I they are like. They knew him. <laughs> oh no! Oh yeah. yeah! Fuck yeah! Oh fuck! But they, they don't know. Then hopefully they're not listening to this. <laughs> Secrets it's been out, out there ten times or some the shit. Kenai Mountain. Never even <laughs> seen, seen a legal ram. <laughs> yeah, I mean, only a few rams are killed every year in the Kenai. It's rough in the so. Kenai. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a long fucking drive from Fairbanks <laughs> yeah. to yeah. starters. Yeah. And you flew all the way from here. But yeah, oh, yeah. So, well, so so nice to have a friend that's a private pilot. <laughs> I uh, end up so I I this ram's dead and I'm like in disbelief. I'm like walk up, I'm like I can set my tent right in this saddle, fifty yards from him. Perfect. Yeah. And so I just like loaded up my back. Well, first thing I I did was 
yank my tape measure out of my pack and go run it up there. <laughs> if I'm being honest. Are you kidding? For real? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, damn it, 38. But, oh. I mean, obviously I'm very happy with them. Yeah. I keep, uh, I've keep a, like goat hunting, I keep a 10-inch piece of the tape in my in my pack. Yeah, yeah. Just, just. I haven't shot a ten inch one yet. But my Nalgene bottle, I measured <laughs> where it says from zero ounce or whatever one ounce to thirty two ounces. Yeah, it's five and a quarter inches. How do you wrap that around a horn? I don't. I have paracord or whatever. Paracord oh. or whatever, and I just pull it around the horn, and nice. then I can go ding, 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 and get a rough. Nice. Yeah, so see, I this it. year that's so I'm not carrying extra <laughs> shit, Nick. <laughs> that's normally what I've been doing, but but this year I actually you lose bought a little bit of weight. Right. I actually <laughs> got a little tape, you know, just little, you know, circumferential tapes, and yeah. and so anyway, I walk back. I'm like, ah, oh well, like he's a beautiful ram. Walk back over there, grab my backpack, haul it halfway to the sheep. Like, yep, this looks good. Drop it down. Just grab my kill kit and my camera and tripod, whatever, and walk up there and <laughs> and uh, got some good pictures of them. And then uh, it's the same thing, though. Like, I was hurried. And I, and I did get, like, I was very happy with the pictures I did get. And, but I'm like, uh, could you, I always like to take more. It's than, different. But when, when you're, you're by yourself, yourself it's like, yeah. Yeah, I can live with that as opposed to, yeah. and I did, I pulled, I actually grabbed a trash bag in my pack and packed a bunch of snow in there to haul up to clean the blood because the way he, he dropped, his exit side was up and it was blowing blood out of that exit. water running by 10 oh, feet away man. and I just left the blood all over him. Yeah. <laughs> See, Shoot, uh, his cud was like running out of his mouth, and I was like, "Man, nah, whatever." Yeah, tell, tell Skip care. just leave him natural. Just leave him natural. <laughs> Skip oh. told me, "Make sure you bring me the cape," and I was like, <sighs> "She gone? Uh, it's kind of laying on the ground. It's gone." Oh well. Yeah, I fixed that baseball size hole. But, well, he told me he could easy enough, and he would use it if you brought enough extra like, on the back end. You know, well. The deal was with me was I'm not carrying this shit out of here. That's right. <laughs> it's an extra 15 pounds that I don't really. Don't be a pussy. Want to care? Well, you know, I'm going to tell you I am. <laughs> I think a cape weighs 15 pounds. It does. 15. Wet. Wet. Mm-hmm. Yes, wet for sure. And it was covered in blood and cud. <laughs> so anyway, um. Frank really just screwed up the cape when he was scanning it. I didn't even try. <laughs> <laughs> oh, just n- no interest at all? None. That's fine. Yeah. yeah. Zero. So, I mean, when yeah, I saw the hole I, uh, in the horn, I was like, mm, all set. That'd be cool. <laughs> Done. <laughs> but uh, anyway, so, I mean, it was kind of a leisurely evening. What's funny about that is that, you know, 90%... Or even more, you know, all, you know, 70% of statistics are made up. So 90% of the people probably listening that would, you know, never shot a ram or whatever. Yeah. They would never, ever consider not mounting it. And I think that 
here in Alaska, we have this opportunity that it's like, yeah, well, yeah, maybe we won't, and I don't really care, or you know what I mean. I'll, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put <laughs> well, it, other I'm than gonna, looking at Tyler, I'm gonna put it out here right now. Yeah, my number one priority is meat for sure. I want that meat yes, in my sir. freezer. Yep, hundred percent. Yeah, I could give a shit. Even if I could had to leave the horns, I wouldn't even right. care. But I'm just saying, like, like I want the meat. Sheep, okay, to, I, w- I would yeah. care. I would care. <laughs> yeah, but. I love eating sheep sure. meat. And you also have uh, several sheep mounts, too, so it's it's yep. not as important. But yep. I'm just saying there's a lot of people out there that, uh, you know, they go sheep hunting and, and you know, the, you know their That's focus is not about. the meat. Yeah. And, you know, it's kind of sad yeah. because sheep meat is really damn good. It really is. Yeah. Well, and I don't want to get, like, too, because just because you're not focused, like, a sheep hunt isn't a meat hunt. Like it's certainly no, not the meat way is easier. Fantastic. You could have went, yeah. Obviously, like yes. and and so you know, just could, like yeah. I can't fathom leaving a good cape in the field. I can, but <laughs> that doesn't mean that I'm not like, yeah, yeah. Don't exercise the same care with meat. No, I, yeah. I, I'm a, you know, almost a Nazi when it comes to meat. You know, all the caribou we've killed so far this year, yeah. like I take care of that meat more important than anything and, yeah. and make sure it gets air and I make sure it you know stays it's my, cool it's and my everything. Winter. Yeah. It's like well, my whole winter all next summer until right. I mean and, and really again. Not none of the three of us, our families can't go to the store and buy meat no, if we wanted exactly. to. But I really enjoy eating the wild game. So yeah. I you know, I'd carry a tarp along or a Tyvek sheet or a piece of plastic, whatever. That meat is taken care of. You know hunting with me that oh, yeah. I'm anal about Oh, yeah. I don't even like... <laughs> getting as some of my friends, you put a piece of hair on that meat, I'm not happy about it. Yeah. Like, yeah. Just, if you see it, you take it off. Well, he was the same shit. thing. And it was nice. Like, I mean, I, I lucked out. Shot this ram at 6,400 feet. Higher than any of them. Higher than any ram I've ever killed. Like, there, there's like 200 feet to the top of the tallest mountain... Anywhere. Anywhere around there. Yeah. And he died right on a flat spot with, like, just down below him, there was a rock sticking out. There was, like, a table that I could just, you know, knock quarters off and everything and set it on there to cool and then go stand there and work on it. It was kind of in debona, you know, like at table mm-hmm. level. It was it was pretty awesome. I can't beat it. And then just yeah, I didn't even bring my backpack up there. Just carried the meat bags down to perfect down to camp. And the next morning, woke up and it was just socked in. And of course, on the inReach, you can check weather now, and it was oh, pretty. That's a, that's a super handy, pretty tool accurate. Too. It was. It I was. Think it's always, does it tell you where the weather comes from? The closest place to where you hit it from. Through what? From where though? From like NOAA I, weather, or where is it coming from? That's a good question. I do not know the answer to that, but I do know that if I am driving and I hit that button, it takes longer to get my weather because it's trying to because, like, yes than it does if on. I am standing still and I hit the huh. weather. But uh, so. it was like fairly accurate, but I. Woke up the next morning and I didn't set up like right in the throat of that saddle or whatever. You know, it's that's always going to be like your highest wind. I got down, kind of sheltered, and at one point I had to just it was blowing hard. I I stuck my trekking pole under the side that MSR hub has one pole that goes over the top and then kind of a side and the upwind side of that i just stuck my trek and pull underneath that side to keep it from yep you know getting too much stress on it and it was fine 
but uh, just had to sit there most of the day because I couldn't see anything. I couldn't pick a safe route down. And looking at the map, my options were either to go back the way I came, which is going to be shitty, like falling down, like not safe. And I wasn't going to do it in two trips if I could avoid it. Or I could kind of loop around the top of that basin, go around this peak and drop down what looked like a much gentler right. saddle and then back out um, and kind of link up with hit the hit the trail or not there wasn't a trail, but hit the creek I took in. And uh, finally, like two, three o'clock in the afternoon, it, the fog busted up and I just put the boots on and ran kind of took off around the side of there there were three rams one another legal one bedded 100 yards below my tent nice and uh anyway it looked like that route was going to be way nicer and safer than the other one so i went back and loaded up camp and looked like i had the flex trek 37 trillion whip snake <laughs> on there when the whip snake strikes <laughs> but uh so yeah. so that muskeg that is a big bag yeah so i had emr2 and i've had the timberline one and like all the bigger packs that they yeah. had and uh this one looks just perfect for up here it's nice like it it you know as like listed it's not doesn't have as many as much room as the emr2 because that's what I, has been my favorite one yes but it was a lot some of those pockets like aren't really usable in the emr2 when you load the bag what I liked about the EMR2 were the front pockets that had the little uh, bungee cord yeah. on it because mm-hmm. you could throw your crampons in there, you could throw a Nalgene in there, Water. you could throw yeah. it, yep. Yeah. And I really like that, but I, I like a slim, simple bag that will expand to God knows what and, and you know, cinch down to nothing if I need it to be. Yeah. And that one... This, EMR2 is what I'm rolling dude, with. Yeah. And, and I know what you're saying with dude, those that's pockets. My, I, why do they don't make that bag anymore? It's just beyond me. That was my favorite pack. That well, you there's could, pockets, though, like on the exactly side what and the you're wings. saying. Yeah. Yeah. Unusable. That are totally useless. Yeah. It's just extra fabric. You, like are you adding talking weight to the pack? Are you talking the sliding it's, ones on the inside of yeah. the wings? Yeah. yeah. Those are certainly yeah. unusable. Totally unusable. Because yeah. you want to use those wings immediately, yes. you know? Yeah. They're easy. They're perfect for like. One side Rain got a gear. tent. One side's got a tripod. Yep, and a spot and the spotting scope and my rain gear. Yep. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. But the muskeg, it's, the way it's set up, is fine. And there's some uh, honestly, when that thing's full, there's a few unusable pockets too. But yeah, but for flat shit, it'd be fine. You know, I like know. I yeah. think when Glassing I pad or whatever. When yeah. I had it kind of in day pack mode, I'd stuff my spotting scope in that vertical pouch on the back with the little hook that comes from the yeah. top down. Okay. Yeah. You know, with when the pack's not jammed tight, I just jam my spot and scope in there. Okay. Otherwise, I just carry it horizontal under the lid. Yeah, yeah, you have that. that you know, I I had it top. stuffed enough that I couldn't that I you know because the way they have it set just as is, you just fold the snow collar over right. and strap down. But I had the guide lit, the okay, organizer so, guide lit on there. So the next question is: Did you bring a, a pack cover, a rain cover for? No. It? All right, nope. so did everything stay waterproof? Yeah, it, it actually was, that was one thing I wanted to get at is it was I was really impressed, Good. you know, hiking two days in the rain. Yeah. And there were a couple things that got a little wet, you know, but like for the most part, it was bone dry yeah. in there. We packed out um, two caribou in a muskeg this past weekend and uh, 
and there was a hole in the trash bag that my buddy was using. Yeah. And so that all that, you know, that blood and stuff leaked yeah. through down to the bottom. Yeah. And on previous Cordura packs from Kafaru, if you didn't use a whatever, it, like it, it just pooled, soaked in the new pack. In the new pack, it pooled. Yeah. yeah. You had a, a pool of blood in the bottom, which was that. Was, so that tells me that it's certainly it is. water resistant to yeah. a certain extent. And I think the fabric, like, because it was on that scouting trip. I think that I had something in that backpack when it was strapped on the four-wheeler that was rubbing, like, thin on a couple spots on the interior of the bag. I looked at it right here. Yeah. And I was like, You saw it. And I had shoe goo. I put some shoe goo over that. But I I didn't notice any weird spots like that this time. But, I I mean, I think it was my fault. And And that was from the Muskeg? Or on, on the, on on the, the Cordura? Muskeg, on the Muskeg, on the inside. It's on the four-wheeler. Oh, wow. Chapping a well, hole in the and, side of the pack. And you can't foresee that when you're building a pack. Like, I mean, no. are you going to no. drag it behind a car? No, exactly. <laughs> I mean, that was exactly all. That was all. I mean, that was all yeah. me, and it was. Of course. It was uh, super minor. So, something just to, to think about, though, in the future for yeah. whoever's building these packs is like, how often are they strapped onto a four-wheeler? Or thrown in the back of a truck before they're actually put on your back. Yeah, it happens a lot more than I, I don't. Uh, people think I, I'm not like trying to talk yeah. shit about anybody's no. products, but they have stuff to be gets hammered on. Yeah, they have to be tough. But I think that comes down to a lot uh, to the individual and how they treat their gear. So mm-hmm. if you're gonna, you know, a Kafaru pack's not cheap. So you're looking at 800 bucks probably for that setup. Mm-hmm. Um, or more. You know what? If you bought anything else and it costs eight hundred dollars, like, are you gonna beat the shit out of it on purpose, like, unnecessarily? Is it, abs- is it on purpose though? Well, you, if you're throwing it around in the back of your truck, or oh. if you're strapping it to your four wheeler and stuff like that, yeah, right. I mean, how have you taken stuff and put it on your four wheeler before and gone I, on a hunting trip? I don't own a four wheeler, yeah. and I've never even hunted ever in my entire life yeah. with a four wheeler. It, it'll happen <laughs> someday. It will. It'll yeah, happen. for sure. I'm just. I'm just saying, like... Chick is hammered sh- on. Oh, yeah. For sure. Oh, I don't doubt it. But, uh... No, any, anyway, I was very impressed with how well Good. it held up. Like, those couple little spots after that scouting trip, I just chew-gooed. And they weren't even worn through, but... Um, I wonder... Yeah, I mean... No, it, it was, it was something I had in the backpack right there that was rubbing the way I had it strapped on the four-wheeler. Okay. But, uh, and you know, when you strap a pack to the four wheeler, every little bump and stuff you go over, it's just constantly every moving. rubbing. Oh, yeah, yeah, there's no, so, no denying it. But yeah, it, I mean, it held out water good. This, like, nothing because Aaron told me to get it, get an extra compression strap to go around the zipper portion, like the middle of the bag. He's like, he, he had told me he'd never blown out a zipper, but just in case, yeah, I lied to you, Frank, and I'm really sorry. Don't ever lie to me this, again. This, this year. <laughs> I'm going to hold this against you I, forever. I killed two black bears this year, and uh, we, used the, four we wheeler, used the four-wheeler. You the I'm so sorry. That, but that that is truly, the. F- I think that is the first time I've ever killed anything with a four-wheeler. I'm, I'm not gonna. So, I'm not gonna be concerned with this. I'm not gonna be concerned with this I just wanted man. to set the record straight. I'm really like, sorry. Wait I can't even believe I overthought that. It was so, like uh, two months ago. So speaking of how awesome four wheelers are, I wish you were like, oh, it was ten years ago. No, <laughs> like, oh, it was yesterday. I think I I get down. 
I, and the worst part, it took like 30 minutes to get around this peak, you know, through big rocks and I'm getting used to the load. Cause it's like over a hundred pounds. And I mean, it was as comfortable as that kind of load can be. I was not comfortable, not comfortable, yeah. but I, I mean, I was pretty impressed with my Their frames, shape self. The like f- the frames on those Kafaru packs can certainly withstand that. Oh yeah. If, if you are capable of holding it. And you know how to cinch it properly yeah. on your on your hip. You bone. know to set your set your the height, your hip belt, and right. your your load lifters, load lifters. And, and all that stuff. My everything that I've done since I have have had a Kafaro pack has changed dramatically. It's really like, nice. It's yeah, incredible. It is the whole deal <laughs> is like I started so out, much more comfortable. Yeah. When I moved yeah. out west, I bought a, a Badlands twenty two hundred, and I promptly broke every fucking zipper oh, those on that thing suck and and then you know you see people on the forums oh badlands 2200 that's all i use but i'm like Junk. and but but you know you know people that are packing out Zippers. animals a lot breaking them badlands right. fine oh, yep. the whole their whole everything is perfect their zippers break junk shit yeah yep so most important that, part breaks yeah. but i can't say that i've ever had a kafaru break in any way at all i but, found that switching from to a kafaru pack my, like, what I could do during the day, my longevity of the day increased dramatically. You have, you have so you have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, different minimum seven places different to, places to adjust yeah. that pack. And I think a lot of people, um, they don't realize that you need to, when you're carrying a heavy load, you need to transfer that weight from your shoulder to your hip throughout your hike. Yeah. So once your hips start burning, which, you know, it's Bring going it to happen. High. Yep. Then you loosen your waist belt and yeah. you put that weight on your shoulders instead. And you have to. And you can switch back and forth. And just the, the way time. those buckles, you know, they'll gradually loosen, you know, it's of course. like. Yeah, and every time you stop, like I'll try to loosen up everything. I and will. Start inter- over again. I'll, start I'll interject over. right here again, though, and say that. All the packs that I've ever used for anything, that my Kafaro pack that I have right now loosens way less than any other pack that tight. I've ever had. Yeah. It's like I have to physically yep. grab onto different spots and loosen my pack. They, it's a totally When diff- I get them to where I want them and I pull this and I pull everything up, yep. they stay. Yes, they do. They maybe I- loosen a little bit, and I honestly think that that's just like, but settling with my body and my clothes and everything that it's around. Right. But there are a lot of people out there that complain like, oh, after, you know, an hour or whatever, you know, my hips start to burn. Okay. That's your, that's your body telling you that you need to transfer that weight yeah. to your shoulder yeah. for a little bit. Okay. No, I agree with and that. And you can't sure. just cinch that thing down on your waist belt and expect your hips to carry 100, 110, 120 pounds Especially for, for depending hours. on like how much do you weigh, yeah. like how big are yeah. you, how I big mean, am I, you Yeah, know? exactly. <clears throat> We're 180 pounds or whatever. Yeah, well, I'm 150 <laughs> Well, you're 150. Okay, well, I'm shorter than you and I'm way, way more. But long story short, no, I'm not shorter than you. But uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but uh, okay. Shut the fuck up. Long story short, the story. There's a way to to utilize the that the, exactly. these new packs to yeah. to make sure that you can get the most out of it. And and if you're not comfortable doing it while you're doing it, you need to adjust something. Yeah. And it might only you know you might only be comfortable for another hour. But yeah, yeah 
I, a lot of people don't even realize that. Yeah. They're like, you're centered down and everything. Like, I should be good. No. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> Your so body much, is not going to work it's that It's so way. much more, you know, so much more comfortable than, like, even a few years ago, the packs that were out are my old Cabela's frame pack that I packed out yeah. five sheep with, you know. Anyway, but I, you know, kind of made it around this peak. And it was, after that, I mean, it was pretty simple, like, easy going Excuse me. Easy going down. That chili. <laughs> yeah. Easy going, which you know, which remind me in a second to come back to something. Okay. Jeez, <laughs> better write so this down. So we're going down. <laughs> you know, going down, but it was just, it was gusting like between 50 and 70, like hard up yeah. there. And I'm wearing the whip snake. I got the whip snake <laughs> on my back. <laughs> You know, whole sheep in camp going down, and, I'm, and then if nobody knows what the whip snake is, just just YouTube it. It's pretty flex, fucking funny. Yeah, YouTube flex, <laughs> flex trek whip snake. <laughs> and and uh, so, and then I finally like I didn't make it all the way over to the saddle, but I, I found a draw that I'm like I can it's good footing. I'd make it down there, but I mean j- just like gusting down the hill, just sl- and once it actually like knocked me off my feet, like slammed me into the ground. But, uh, I mean, pretty uneventful after you get down that far, it's just, just suffering. Oh, yeah. Make it back to the wheeler and. You know, yeah. I mean, I, I didn't make, I made it back down to my first camp that night and stopped. I guess the last little chapter, you know, I got, got down to the low country and I couldn't believe how warm it was that last night I spent down there. I mean, I've been freezing my ass off at a 20 degree bag. You know, putting my puffy pants over my feet to keep them warm at night. Synthetic bag or down? Synthetic bag. Yeah, that's the way we roll. And what about you, Frank? What'd you take? Synthetic. Synthetic. See, he just bought a down bag. I just bought a down bag Dude, after got, I got back. I've got some nice down bags myself, and uh, I won't use them. I, I just uh, had one bad experience with down, and I've never had a bad experience with synthetic ever. Like, even when I wake up in the morning in that bag, like, you know, the toe box is sometimes wet and stuff like that, it's drier than a popcorn fart by the next evening, even if it's stuffed in my bag. Every, I, five sheep hunts, lots of other outdoor activity. In down? Always, no, never oh. down. Yeah. Just Synthetic. bought a down bag, like, five days ago. Which one? Uh, Mountain something. Mountain Harbor or know. Western Mountaineering? No, or Western Mountaineering. Yeah, I have I have two of those, and yeah. I, and and uh, tr- they're light and they're warm as hell. Mm. But I had one uh, on Prince of Wales, and I got wet, and I went to bed. You know, but fucking with, jungle. Well, right, right. You know, it's probably the wrong place to take one. But it, it, it right. You know, uh, you know, to be you know totally candid, that was my first ever Alaskan hunt, and it was about five days after I moved here. I went yeah. there. I remember that. And I that's what I took was a Western Mountaineering bag there, and uh, we hiked up into some high country, and it was rain and snowing and everything, and that it got really cold at night. That bag literally froze. It was so wet with condensation and everything. By the morning, it was froze. But long story short, I love the Western Mountaineering bags, and I love down bags, but it takes so much extra care and weight to bring them along that you're almost equal weight yeah because if you want to take care of a down bag one you need to absolutely have a dry bag which you should have anyhow for your i, do. I never i yep. always put my of course cinch so, yep dry so you bag. have that 
But yeah. then a lot of other people are are also bringing a bivy sack to cover Steve, their bags. So it Steve get always what? brings like a little Western yep. Mountaineering yep. bivy sack. Okay, and then you also need a fresh pair of clothes to wear every night so that you're not wearing your wet long johns, your wet socks, your well, wet underwear, your right wet shirt. Naked. Or what's that? Naked. Or, or you go naked. Okay, fine. Fair enough. I mean, you take your sleep. clothes off. Yep. Get By yourself, man. do whatever you want, yeah. Frank. <laughs> hey, man. I'm going to hunt with you what? again. Yes. You know. <laughs> and if, you, if I get my clothes or start coming off, you're just going to have to deal with I, it because I've got a down bag. <laughs> the point I'm you trying get your, to make. You freaking soak your down bag. You're shit out of luck, man. <laughs> the point I'm trying to make is that by the time you make all the sacrifices to make sure that your down bag is going to stay, you know, yeah. you know, I guess, uh, uh, you know, efficient. You have already surpassed or have equaled the same weight of a quality yeah. synthetic bag. That will, by the way, dry My, you out. Why um, I just bought a down bag was because I find that I'm buying a synthetic bag every couple of years. Interesting. Well, didn't you have the? Hadn't you been running the same bag? You just had, you know, Army. Yeah. Sew it up. <laughs> Two years. Two years is well, all I you thought got you'd, your bag? I thought you would you had that bag for longer than that. No. Just a couple of years. They don't last that long. So they you got to tell gets, the you know Ami story. Friggin', they get compacted and they like, still everything about them it just doesn't, I don't know. Weird. Seems like. I've been using the same 20 degree slick for going on close to five years now. Yeah. But You're I know it's fine. time for a new, it's been I think fine. that's, yeah. The, that's the pre- you got no, the older one. No, no, no. The new one. The I think new I have. The, I think I have the first version of the new one. Because I have one of the old ones, and the last time I used that was thirteen, okay. and then I got this new one. Yeah, so it have been fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen. Yes, yeah, so I'm going so on five, five years. I'm going on five with a new. It's a center zip, so that is yeah. a newer one. But that particular bag, I, I mean, I hundred nights a year or so. Yeah, it's fine. fine. Yeah, I'm surprised with it, but the. Nice. Aside from a Wiggies synthetic bag, that is that's, Wiggies. That's what somebody told me to get a Wiggies right, bag. But they're heavier than Satan, and there's no reason to. Yeah. To, I mean, car camping, great. I took. I bought a 65 below Wiggies to go muskox hunting. Didn't need it, obviously. But is it true that the Air Force has Wiggies underneath the seats in their F 16s, 14 something? I've been in an F 16 once, and I don't. I didn't ask. You never. Had, <laughs> you never. You never had to use a sleeping bag. No, I didn't. We just flew for a long. Apparently, the Wiggies has got a contract with the military, with the Air Force. Wiggies has underneath a, the seats. A, I would say the majority of regular military folks that are being issued a sleeping bag are being issued a Wiggies bag. That's all I know. For real? Yeah, the, the majority. Now, you know, special Not operators say, and stuff like that—they're yeah. getting fancy shit, whatever they want. But majority <clears throat> of cold weather gear that's issued sleeping bag wise is a Wiggies. Yeah, yeah. but they're good. They're just heavy. And that's a. Colorado company? Wiggies is, right? is lower 48. It's Colorado, it, I think. It could yeah. very well be. Yeah. And I think that there's what I was told at the same in the same sentence that they're underneath the so they're in the injector seat in the some of these jets. Yeah. Um that they're made in Colorado and the only places that they're actually sold aside from the military is a place in Colorado and a place in Anchorage and on the internet there's defi- on the internet. definitely an yeah. Anchorage yes but yes. there's two like retail stores and then that the internet right. that sounds and, about right. and the military i don't know if barney sells them i've, I've I don't only been think to barney's he, one this time this guy that told me he was just like no there's two places 
There's their place that they make them in Colorado, place in Anchorage, and military contract and online. Because I know Wiggy's makes those like glacier socks. Yes, they don't do. They? Yep, they do. Yeah, they, their bags are great. I, 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 okay. So, but heavy, heavy. So yeah. I found a a Wiggy's bag in the house I rented when I first moved up here, or whatever. Um, the previous renter left it, whatever, and it smelled fine or whatever. So I'm like, yeah, the hell with it. I'm gonna try. Fine. No, it was like, all right, just try right in there. Yeah. So it was like. 18 below outside and i slept on it uh, it was a 20 degree bag and i just had long johns sweatpants uh merino top and a hooded sweatshirt and Sleep i, on I slept on the deck just to test her out and yeah. i didn't i didn't wake up because i was cold right on so i know that they're good but they're certainly heavy but the uh, kafaru slick bag is light yeah i think i think speaking. for a for a synthetic use? bag like it's good well, they have that like climate shield the outside, outside, yes. and then uh, it's the same as the Lost Parka. Yep. Basically, yep. it's just like wearing a slick bag. I've well, I'll take one bag. if they want to give me one. We'll, we'll find. <laughs> you. We'll, we'll, I we'll guarantee find you. we'll find you one. Yeah, it's yeah. good. It's a good bag. Yeah, I've, I've like been it. super happy with mine. I need to send mine in to get some of the that uh, like storm flap. You know that insulated piece that flaps over the zipper I, mine has that i've kind of torn yeah you know some of the seams out of that i'm super happy with that bag yeah it's a good bag but yeah i mean had it sheep hunting had it goat hunting in march yep. down in kodiak works fine i mean it's my go-to bag but uh <clears throat> anyway i think to kind of wrap up my hunt got back down to the four-wheeler was going to be like a couple hours ride out some, some I still got to figure out what's going on. Oh, some four, electronic, some kind of computer issue with my four wheeler, and it what should have been like a two hour ride out took me like eight hours. And uh, young guy, finally, like I was getting, I was like two miles from the truck, just like limping it because the computer was doing funky stuff and like just shutting it down. And but I was limping back and. Finally, um, this young guy, Tyler, who was in a first skinning class I did down in Toke last winter. Okay, you met okay, okay, yeah, you yeah, he's 16. Nice. You know, good kid. And he actually got it cheap in the youth season. But uh, I finally got, I finally texted him at like 9 o'clock at night. I was like, man, because I was getting to where it would be easy for him to find me. I was, and he didn't live very far from there. I was like, man, like. Do you think you could? If you're not doing anything, like, you may want you know if you if you want to run your four wheeler you in come, here and pull like, me out, I wouldn't me have any arguments. <laughs> Tyler Friel, the hardcore Alaskan, couldn't strap the four wheeler to his back and carry it. Out. Couldn't do that. <laughs> no whip snake times four wheeler. Whip snake. <laughs> you gotta watch that video. That's a funny video. But yeah, and he and ironically, like the stupid thing. Just whatever issue it is, it's some kind of electronic issue because it, it didn't go, do it on the way up. No, not it was ran fine. And is then it on the running way, right now? No, I couldn't truck. get it started. I had to winch it into the back of the truck. <laughs> it's the twentieth, and you've been home since when? It's still in the back of your truck. No, I took it out. Oh no, he's no. You're riding around town like everybody else with a four wheeler in the back. No, of your truck, I, so I, everybody knows you're a hunter. I put. It. <laughs> Are you wearing I, camo, Chad, when you're doing that? <laughs> got my flat build hat 
But no, I uh, I I actually I loaded up in the truck today to take to the dealership, and they're closed today. I guess they're open tomorrow. But yeah, they don't open on Mondays for your convenience. For my convenience, <laughs> but yeah. Anyway, I know where you took it. It was going like it go twenty. Well, the initial alarm was like an overheat. And so I shut it down. And I was like, "That's weird. Like coolant's fine." Oh, you were texting me the whole the yeah the whole time. time. And so I'll run it, and then it gets to where like it is right now, where it wouldn't start at all. Like the computer wouldn't turn on electron. You know, just there's so many different things that are going on with it that it needs to be like plugged in and gone through. Finally, I, he you know Tyler's like. Yeah, I'll come, you know, I'll come and, and help you out. And ironically, like, he only had to tow me, like, 200 yards. Because by the time, like, he, he got there, when I he met up with him, up. it was running like, you know, it ran like a quarter mile. It would go, like, 20 feet and die. And then I finally got, because I was thinking. Did you it, check the gas? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I did check the gas. First I, text. Was that the first or second text that I sent yeah. you? I mean, like, that has got me before. Do you have but, water in your fuel? Honestly, no, it, yeah, it, it, it was all day. Oh, I, you I was, were fucked, yeah, basically. It was all day. All day long. I was just asking if he had gas in it. No, <laughs> no I, I, know, I did. No, and I it was, I mean, and it's. I figured, I, I approached the situation like, oh, I'm texting, I, I'm like. If I ask him if he has gas in it, he's going to be pissed. <laughs> so I was like, do you have water in the gas? <laughs> Instead of just like yeah. asking yeah, about Yeah, no, fuel. I mean, it was definitely an electronic <clears throat> issue because when the computer would like turn on, it would say it was overheating even though it wasn't. And sometimes it would, well, would when I got the farthest was when I'd turn it on and it'd fire up and like the electronics wouldn't, display wouldn't come up. And then I'd run it for a while and it'd just die. And I mean, it wasn't getting that hot. Yeah. Like my radiator fan was kicking on. And anyway, finally made it out like back to the truck at like midnight. And, uh, and got the heck out of there. So, I mean, it was nice. I mean, I talked the dude's ear off. And he, I'm like, sorry, man. I haven't seen anybody in like a week. <laughs> but... Yeah, I mean, and I was thinking like it was some maybe some wire that was shorted out that like when it would heat up and it short. Who knows? You know, I don't know. But I finally the last little bit because I tried letting it set for fifteen minutes, an hour and a half. I mean, at one point I stopped and just like made a fire and cooked up some sheep meat, and uh, then didn't make it very. Finally, the last little bit, I was like three minutes. Sometimes it'd make it 30 yards, and then it'd make it a quarter mile, three minutes. Just shut off while you're driving. Yeah, just brr, just die. Like something in that computer is not working huh. right. But well, Probably an easy fix. The probably. Engine, the engine's running fine. Yeah, it was running fine. But <laughs> yeah, so that's my, uh, my toke sheep story. Not a, half, not a half bad ram. No, he's beautiful. Get her going. Yep, that was uh, solo. Solo. I still the old man. My wife texts me. He's turning into a beaver. You see him? Yeah. (laughs) Chewing toothpicks. Should we get him? We'll bring full logs in. Let him whittle (laughs) toothpicks out of him. (laughs) Like a spoon. 
Yeah, what I would it. give for a, <laughs> I need a ladle. What I would give for about half a can of Copenhagen in my lip right now. Oh, I uh, bet. Don't even just think hold about tight. It. Hold tight. You're good. I'm doing all right. Quit it. It's no good. Well, that's why I, I kind of told him. I was like, all right, after sheep hunting, and then you yeah. know, got back. I'm like, all right, well, I'm gonna finish what I bought for this trip, and then yeah. done. And there wish I had known you guys were quitting. I went and bought two cans on the way over. That's oh. all right. <laughs> it's not you guys. I've no, been, I know. I've You've been, been quit, quit for a you guys, long time. Frank's <laughs> quit for a long time, yeah. Well, Frank's got 10 years on us, though. Oh, yeah. You guys are fucked. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, not nice toke sheep. I'm super happy with them. They'll, I texted my, well, I told my wife, and she's like, oh, you still got it, old man. <laughs> <laughs> You're not old yet. Like, thanks, baby. <laughs> that was nice of you. <laughs> 32 going on 58. <laughs> no. No, you're young. So I guess I just got to start sh- hunting them with a bow now, right? Hey, mm-hmm. if you're saying it, you better start. Yep. You can't even start right here with that. It's <laughs> a bad place to start with talk like that because you've basically put a target on yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Mm-hmm. There she goes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll see. I th- I mean, that's kind of what I'm thinking, though. Good times. I can't wait to sit back down here mm, two weeks from now and listen to your story listen about Nick's cru- sheep story. crushing a ram. You so. and John both. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. Oh, so you I'm guys sure, had some caribou. I'm, I'm sure. You oh, guys I've had, had some car- had while, while me and Frank are up sheep hunting. Oh, I've, I've been pretty much hunting since the beginning of August, yeah. I've 12 of the last 20 days I've been hunting. Yeah. And we've had a good time. I had some friends come up from Montana, and we went caribou hunting, and um, got to see my wife shoot her first caribou with a bow and arrow, which awesome. was excellent. Uh and we saw, you know, probably 300 bulls in nine days. Uh, the folks that came up, they had plenty of opportunities to to shoot uh, good caribou with their with their bow. One of them shot one, and the other one, um, like I said, he had, he had plenty of opportunities. Uh, he he mainly just wanted. Uh, my good friend of mine came up, and he's a killer, and uh, he had no problem shooting one, but. The guy that he brought with him, kind of his first first out of state hunt ever, you know, from Montana, really wanted to come experience Alaska and whatnot, and uh, had a had a great time. He had countless opportunities to shoot good caribou, and um, I kind of catered to them all week, but I had a great time doing it. Uh, like I said, my wife shot one, my friend Hunter shot one, Eric had plenty of chances, and I saw. Um, out of the 300 bulls that I counted, um, some were far away that I couldn't really tell. Like, you know, they might have been big or, you know, they're good caribou. But the one bull that I saw that I really, really wanted to kill, I had a, after about a two hour stalk and four hours prior watching him cross the river, you know, there's no way we're going to get to him. We thought about rafting to him, whatever. And, didn't want to go you know wanted to wait he started walking right to us and i'll be damned you know a couple hours later he swam the river came to us and i made a stock and i had him at 80 yards and in the water um he came closer 
but I didn't know if we could shoot him in the water and in that unit. And it turns out you can. Um, long story short, he, he kind of skirted the edge of the water and I, I made a loop and got, got a little closer, but only about a hundred got a little closer after that, whatever. And finally had him at 60 yards and 62 and broadside. Perfect. And I shot my, my bow it blew up. So what brand of bow is that Nick? That's a Hoyt. Yeah. Has it have you ever had a bow blow up like, Never. like that on you? Never. Not in <clears throat> not in practice. Not not even your not old nothing. Athens no. bows law. No. Nothing ever has ever done that. So I but I but I don't you know, I don't know what it was. I don't know if the knock was broke. I don't know if there was dirt in the knock. I don't know if there was a I did a lot of belly crawling for two hours prior to that. I don't know if I got yeah. something in the mm. cam. No idea. All I know is that when you know, I I drew back, settled, shot, and strings. You're came like up. this thing's dead, and then yeah. Well, I didn't even really. I didn't even click. I knew that I missed him, so I went to grab another arrow, and then I saw my strings hanging limp, like on my bow, and I was like, so Damn. when you shot, you it just seemed like a normal shot. No, it didn't, but it didn't click until a second later when uh, I was grabbing right another on. arrow. You know All what right. I mean? Yeah. It's like, what the hell happened? I'm going to grab another arrow, and I'm like, oh, shit. Huh. But, uh, yeah, good bull, probably, I don't know, 370, 380. Like a really quality caribou for, oh, for yeah. hunting. Yeah, oh, good yeah. bull. Yeah. Um, and worked really hard to get that opportunity. But long story short, it was a complete success trip. Uh, we had a lot of fun. We, we saw a lot of caribou, a lot of stocks, and... Um, and then we went up again this past weekend and, and hunted again and didn't see near as many caribou. Um, but we, we ended up killing a really good bull and then I, I shot a little bull for meat. And so. Where do you think they're, they're moving? Like from where you were a couple weekends ago, where you were, saw a lot in comparison to where you were just were this weekend. I, I can't speak, um, too intelligently on the situation because I only have five years of experience hunting that area. But what I have found is that um, early August you're going to have a pulse of bulls that move through mm-hmm. that general area. And if you if you know what, where to look and how to look there and and where to, I guess there's natural pinch points up there. And I'll let anybody else kind of fucking figure that out on their own. Yeah. Um, if you know where they are and where they where their likely travel is to go, you're going to have opportunities. But then I'll also say that you can go up there and it can be, you know, caribou hunting is feast or famine no matter where you're going. I don't care if you're See, in the, the best place yeah, ever. Yeah. It could be incredible one day and then a day or two later it could be just total shit. They're, they're never, always, always on the move. They're right. there or they're not. Yeah. Right. Well, like that a and few yet, years ago when I was working up there, yeah, that one you, night we must have saw 1,500 caribou like yeah. staging across yep. the river yeah. the next morning nothing yep so it's it's yeah and the more i've hunted in that area the more i've kind of learned if you see them in one spot you have you have opportunities a day or two later in another spot on those same caribou yeah and and we had that and you know it was it was it was fun it was a super good time i i love caribou hunting it's good to, <laughs> like I grew up liking, you know, large antlers, and there's right. nothing bigger in North America. There's nothing that has more inches on nice. on their bone. Yeah. I mean, a giant elk might might be close, but you can shoot 450, 460 inch carrot. Oh, yeah, you can. It's been done, but you know, you're not shooting that big yeah. of elk. You know, so it's yeah. cool to see those 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 big bulls just moving and 
yeah. trying to get in front of them and kill them. So and there's plenty of them too. Yeah, and you know, us residents, we get down bears up there too. And we saw a bunch of grizzly bears this past weekend, and uh, just yeah, it's a long drive, but. <laughs> you know, growing up in Wisconsin, if we were driving 30 minutes away from home, we planned that out a week in advance, and I'm driving yeah. seven, eight hours on a Friday afternoon. Yeah, <laughs> it's funny how that... Just to go hunt. I think until yeah. I moved up here, like six hours was the longest drive I'd ever been, huh? and that was like for a football game out by <laughs> Nebraska. <laughs> yeah. And you know, you, it was like the end of the earth. You yep. know, driving out there and now six hours. <sighs> where I grew up in central Wisconsin, the closest mall, I think, was the closest like mall where everybody went to was about 30 minutes away. And we that was a planned trip. That wasn't, uh, oh, let's go. You would never do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and now it's like 30 minutes. I mean, shit, I drove that to, to my house. house. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Nothing. I grew up driving 700 miles to go fishing. <laughs> well, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. We, I mean, we yeah. would we'd drive on a Friday night 200 miles to, to yeah. go to Upper Michigan to deer hunt and stuff like that. Yeah. And even that, I mean, we planned it out only because we were that way and we were just like, yeah, we're going deer hunting. Yeah. But, yeah, so. The caribou hunt has been good this year. We haven't seen a lot of people. Um, it's It's been... That's kind of odd. Yeah, uh, but anybody that knows that particular area now, there are there are no, but there are certain places on that in there that you're going to have a concentration of people and if i see somebody else stalking a bull like i'm i'm gone i'm driving by i'm not stopping to even look at that it. area now like in the next maybe two weeks there won't be a whole lot there do you agree with that i disagree with that you d disagree yes, with that I've the had, only time i've ever been there was Maybe a week from now, and there's nothing there. Nothing. People or caribou? Zero. Caribou. Okay, so <clears throat> I've had great hunts up there late August, mm -hmm. and I've great hunts up there early August, and I've great hunts up there mid-August, and I've great hunts up there so in July. So it just depends on it. It's the literally year. feast or famine, yeah. and, and it is, it, it's a luck of the I draw. I it definitely on the famine yeah. end of the deal. I, so I, I got to thinking about this a couple of weeks ago. I was writing an article or whatever. And I, I think I've I think I've been up there caribou hunting about twenty times. Yeah. Um, in five years, um, probably made forty or fifty trips up the Hall Road or whatever total. Um, I don't remember a time that we have not had a shot at a caribou, and. The times that we've had a shot and not killed one, maybe one or two. Yeah. So probably killed something. Every time, basically. Yeah. Average out. Yep. Yeah. And and, and you know, if we did an average, like how many caribou I've multiple, been a part of multiple. and killed, we've killed a caribou every trip then at yeah. that point. So, but it is definitely feast or famine. Um, sometimes we go up there and you see, you know, 300 bulls in a week or you see, you know, three total caribou in a day in a day that, yeah. but you that, get a, that time when you knock two down and could have shot exactly yes more, yes know. they just kept coming and you could have kept shooting i was like well <laughs> yeah <laughs> and two. then that was the last right right it got really bad the next day yeah and so we decided to fly out and we had a great hunt but we were we didn't even bring a rifle with us we were just bow hunting we flew yeah. out right from up there or whatever because there was no caribou you know along the roads so we're like the hell with this let's go fly out so we got a discounted rate and flew out and we had that was probably the best i've ever seen it and we didn't even kill a bull 
and, yeah. and and the most fun I've had, and we didn't even kill a bull. So, but if we'd had a rifle, we'd had you know we each would have shot you know our limit, which at the time was five apiece. Yeah, <laughs> would have stacked up some extra no, flights. Yeah, it would have been. Right. And, and I'm not talking shooting five dink bulls, or yeah. like five quality bulls a person. So, it just it just all depends, man. I mean, we are we live in here in Fairbanks, and it's really easy to go do stuff like that. And um, oh, it is. It's amazing. Yeah, and I, you know, a lot of people wonder, like, what is what does it take to to you know kill several animals a year and whatever? It's uh, really just invest the time to go do it because you live in a spot right now, like the forty mile herd. Just recently, they went up there. It was a slaughter. Everybody yeah. I know went up there and had great luck and, yeah. and killed good bulls. They pulled and stuff too. They pulled quota from the yeah. zone three. And added it to zone one because they crushed zone one. They yep. went over by like 500, yeah. 500 head. Yep. Something like that. And yep. they were like, whoa, oh, not, not enough people reported fast enough and we didn't close it fast enough. So that will take quota from zone three, which they're moving east. Yeah. So they say we'll pull from zone three which is the for zone the east they're and moving zone one. To. exactly and we'll say that okay you can't shoot as many over there now which yeah is I, freaking crazy i was happy personally to see them open it up early like that because that definitely takes pressure off the hall road and the people that want to hunt the hall road are still going to because they yeah. want to bow hunt and they want yeah. that you know so what's different about that 40 mile herd this year too is in a couple of days, well, September 1st, because of whatever that survey they did last fall or last winter, it's for residents, you can shoot bull or cow. Okay. This year. Yeah. Which normally, have you ever seen that before? I've never heard that. I've never seen that you can shoot a cow normally Until in the, the winter, winter, winter. In the winter, the winter December you 1st, you can shoot any caribou. This year, after September first, you can shoot a bull or a cow. I'll be damned. Resident, yeah. yeah. I'm. You know, a lot of people were complaining about. Um, well, there's, you know, I guess three things that happen up you know, with caribou in, in the state. One, they doubled the price of a permit or a tag yeah. or whatever for, for non-residents. Yeah. yeah. So that's gonna you know dissuade some people from coming because it's, right. it's seven hundred fifty dollar tag or whatever it is. It's it's not cheap. Um, and then, you know, people that used to go up the hall road, they could buy, non-residents could buy two permits. Well, now they can only buy one. And yeah. they shorten the season for non-residents. Like, they can't hunt after September 30th now. And a lot of, you know, g- granted, most people aren't coming up the hall road as a non-resident in October or whatever. that, yeah. So, now it's like um, the people that, you know, used to be affordable, like, you know, come to Alaska and hunt hall road caribou. They could have two tags in their pocket, and that was enticing, right? Like, oh, you can get two permits, you know, whatever. So yeah. I guess they're. I saw it even with my friends that came up from Montana. It's like the the last time he came up, he had two bull tags, and he's you know he shot two really nice bulls with a rifle, and uh, you know when he came up this time, he he messed up on a couple nice bulls or whatever, you know, you know just you know, caribou hunting whatever, and he ended up shooting a smaller one, but he would have killed for that second tag. You know, yeah. but with, yeah. you know, it was not an option anymore. So I don't think we're me personally. I didn't. I don't think I saw 
less bulls this year, less caribou this year than I have than any the, other time. In but, the past. but right, but I only have five years of doing it. I don't have twenty. Yeah. You know, we ran into some guys up there that have been hunting up there for thirty years, old timers, and you know the, what? <laughs> it was kind of funny because we ran into them and talked to them. They're up there and. There, one I think one was seventy two and one was you know upper sixties, and and they're like yeah we're we're t- running these guys you know they don't even have a sixty yard pin you know I and this old timer's like I shot this one at eighty and my partner shot this one at seventy five, you know they're old timers and yeah. they shot two nice bulls like they had two nice bulls down, you know pretty quick yeah it's like they know the game it's it's a different kind of hunting up there it's wide open you you yeah. got to be a shooter, so, but. Long story short, uh, the haul road is just fine. It's you know, but if you don't know what you're doing, it's going to be very difficult. Yeah, <laughs> and it, yeah, it, it's a fine-tuned kind of thing, and uh, you figure it out. Yeah, but well, we're hoping you knock down a sheep. I think you will. Yeah, I've got. Uh, gonna, I don't. You're going to go, and you're going to. I don't doubt anything of it. We'll figure it out. Yeah, it's just it's just hunting. There's some. Yeah, there's some people you worry about <laughs> no, no. no like i think i think you'll do just fine you get into yeah. where there's there's cheap there you're gonna yeah we got plenty of time so we're just gonna go ahead gonna fun find and... them it does seem like one of those years where everybody's killing sheep and i know the feeling because it was when i killed my 10th one that year i think too because i went with frank the whole ride home this week and i was like i think it was like damn it i should have went sheep on this weekend or whatever you know <laughs> like what am i thinking because oh. you know but when, everybody's out yeah, cheap on right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah. I just just calm down. Took I me till worried. September 10th, but that that year, yeah, I mean, it's like one of those oh, years where everyone is killing cheap. cheap. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, we all know if you if you go and try, it's probably gonna happen. So, oh hell yeah! I mean, yeah, it'll be not fun. if you go and try. It's, you go and you <laughs> you know you're give it kill. your best effort, <laughs> yeah. and some people's best effort is never gonna be enough. Yeah. But I know your best effort is going to be coming home with the rules. We'll, we'll figure That's it out. That's going to be plenty. I mean, like I said, I still, there's, I think the second sheep hunt I went on, and I saw some that were legal. You know, that's the, the only one I've been on that technically did not have, like, wasn't in range of a legal ram, and that's just not an issue. Yeah. Just normally just go not to say it can't be but i think you'll do just fine ah i'm not worried about it. it's mid-august we got we got a, a lot of hunting left <laughs> got a whole got a whole month of sheep season left yeah, still that and then moose and then kodiak and geez can't wait yeah well just getting kicked off but yeah i guess we'll uh We'll wrap this thing up. <laughs> tell, tell me right now, how long has this Three gone hours on? and two minutes. <laughs> no, that's um, fine. I don't know. Primo. People want to listen to us talk for three hours? Do you like to good. talk about hunting? I love to talk about hunting. Do you like to talk about hunting? I love it. I could do it all day, every day. Do I, I like to, to talk about <laughs> hunting? Yes. Yeah, that, uh, uh, hello. Yeah. <laughs> yeah yep, fun. so... <clears throat> Anyway, hope you all have enjoyed this. Um, if you have any comments or questions, you can email podcast at tundertalkak.com. Thanks, guys.